And ladies and gentlemen of the jury, the prosecution is not going to get that man today. No. Because I'm going to get him. Welcome, ladies and gentlemen, to this edition of the Hagman and Hagman Report. Thanks for joining us tonight. Thank you so much for your belief and trust in us. We have got so much to cover. I'm Doug Hagman at the helm with fellow investigative researcher, my son, Joe Hagman. Together, we're something I like to call America's premier father-son investigative reporting team. You know, um, it's it's something when the news outpaces the ability to follow it, you remember 9-11, uh, remember how quickly the news came in on that day. It was like one after another after another. Well, this is what we're looking at in a macro sense, just the news headlines. Drudge is nothing but a ticker tape, like, you know, at, at, in Times Square, you see the, you see the, um, uh, oh, the, the rolling news in Times Square. Well, that's what, uh, Drudge has almost become, uh, with headlines, with, with news blips, with news items. That's what we're facing. And, uh, we, we knew these times would be coming upon us. And in fact, they're here. And, uh, th- this is what we're here to decipher with you, for you, with your assistance. Together, we're going to get through this. That's for sure. Um, and I just want to thank everyone, everyone for joining us, whether you're listening to this in the, the heartland or in California or in the, in the East Coast or in Canada, Mexico, Central America, South America, Europe. We've got listeners everywhere. Just want to say again, thank you so much because you could, you could be, um, tuned into any number of different programs and you, you've chosen ours. We don't, we don't take that lightly. We, we, we we don't take that lightly, nor do we take your presence lightly. Thank you again for for tuning in, and uh, I, I, a special thanks to those of you who have supported us over the last uh, couple of days, weeks, months. You have no idea, folks, how much that helps. Your financial support has helped. Uh, we're growing. We are uh, we are outpacing our own supply lines in certain respects. Um, in, in an effort to spread the word all across the world, we've and, and just to just to let people know, 111 countries last year. This program was the people downloaded the, this program in 111 different countries. 64 point or yeah, 64.5 million downloads on average. And these numbers are difficult to tell now. They're live listens, but tens of tens of thousands listen to this program live on a daily basis. And the numbers do fluctuate. Um, for those familiar with uh, you know stats on radio, of course, uh, many are meaningless and, and many are are very difficult to tell but but certainly the projector or the numbers that you see for example on on YouTube uh not tell they don't tell the whole story uh which is interesting now the higher the the greater the numbers in terms of uh subscribers and and this is what we're asking everyone to do is to subscribe to our YouTube channel to like us on Facebook not because you like us but because 
that that elevates us and gives us a layer of insulation against the enemy, which the enemy, of course, are the, is the criminal cabal of globalists that are coming after us, and, and even those amongst us, yes, even those among us coming after us. Um, so it, it, it's so important that we all stick together in the, in this very troublesome time. And, um, you know, it, it's, it's kind of an amazing thing. Um, you, you hit your knees in, at night or in the morning or perhaps both at night in the morning and, and, and you, you say a prayer. And, uh, sometimes it's overwhelming, folks, when you, when you, when you look at things and you see the dramatic, well, drama. I mean, it, things are dramatic right now. Without the necessity of hyperbole, we don't have to really hype anything. You look at it, you look at the news, you look at events, and you think, or at least I think, you know, in in, in my years of of living, and um, more importantly, in the years in, in the in the fewer years that I have been paying attention to things. And really understanding how things work, um, I don't think I've ever seen a time where things have been this frantic, this frenzied. Uh, I, I remember one of my well, the, the the first murder scene I, I saw that was a frenzied murder, and you know there's a there, the reason I bring that up there there are distinct distinct characteristics between a a frenzied type of murder versus I don't want to say ordinary murder, but but you understand what I mean. Um, there's a frenzy to events taking place. It's got a different feel to it. The investigation, therefore, also although the 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 standards of investigation don't change, the mode by necessity does change. The, the certain aspects do change. So I, what I'm saying to you is, I mean, the, the basics, all, in investigation, the basics are, are the basics. But when you're dealing with this level, this level of intensity, you've got to add triage into the mix. And this is what we do. You know, we could talk all day long about Clinton's son, that he is... Uh, the his alleged son and Joe and I were talking about this before the show. You know how much time do we do we put into that? Do is that even an issue? CNN says no, that's it's BS. And, uh, we're not going to you know CNN has boycotted any discussion about uh, Danny Williams, the uh, alleged son of Bill Clinton. How important is that? Well, Bill Clinton's not running for office, but yeah, he was you know the, the president, but. Again, uh, the I think I, it's worth watching the the video he put out yesterday. There is a I don't know six or nine minute video of uh, yes of the Clinton son um, where he talks about uh, his experience from growing up until now having kids of his own and the treatment he received from the uh, Clinton family through those years. Yes, uh, it's a pretty interesting story. He was also on Alex Jones today. And went a little bit deeper, but the fact that CNN refuses to talk about it, I think it's something worth um, getting into a little bit. But you know, and I'm glad you said it that way too. It's not something that we, that that Joe, you and I say. Well, because mm-hmm. CNN doesn't talk about it, we are going to talk about it. 
it's got to stand on its on its merits as well, um, right? I mean, I think we yeah. we've agreed on that. And, and there's been um, WikiLeaks has released more emails. They continue to release the yes. the emails, and it's been rumored that they have now the thirty three thousand emails from the State Department server um, that was apparently cleaned with that bleach bit. So it'll be interesting to see with those emails coming out. But um, right. and we're going to be covering some of that stuff today, especially um, there are emails in there about the Clinton camp deleting the emails, which goes against uh, FBI Director Comey's intent uh, theory that he put out there, as well as l- emails that talk about infiltrating the Catholic Church oh, and le- uh, other leaks that expose collusion between journalists Tom Horn and was right Clinton camp. Tom Horn Tom Horn Chris Putnam Chris Pinto um Steve Quayle they are correct now this is not an indictment against Catholics please understand me when I say this you're looking at the the hierarchy of the Vatican but but you're looking at the infiltration of the Vatican by these these communists now, Joe, Eric, you should mic up, man. Uh, uh, yeah, okay. He said he's going to mic up if, it, if we get rowdy. But um, what we're seeing is is the um, I, I really think the end game of the communists, which are. When we when we speak about globalists, we're talking about communists because globalism is a communist system. That's simple as that. It's and then you, then you've got of course the Marxist Leninist system, and there's a difference between Marx Marxism and Leninism, and we we all understand that. But it's all shades of the same color, I suppose. It, the end game is the same. It's it's just different variations of that particular operation and end game. Now this program, what we're going to be doing this program, the first uh, first two segments, the first hour, of course, we're going to be going over the various news and and headlines and and, and analyzing what's important. And of course, the second part of this, folks, you're not going to want to miss uh, hours two and three. Debbie uh, Bacigalupi is going to be joining us. Debbie Bacigalupi from, uh, now she's an expert on Agenda 21, Agenda 2030. Uh, technocracy.news, of course, is the website along with Patrick Wood. This lady is, is the best, in my view, in our view, she is the best researcher of Agenda 21, Agenda 2030, sustainable development, cap and trade, all of that mix, that toxic mix. This woman is the foremost expert in that topic. Uh, talking with her a little bit today, Joe and I, man, we were blown away by the depth of her knowledge. The, the fact, I mean, she was at the Rio summit, the, the, you know, she was in 2012 in Brazil. Right. Uh, she understands this better than anyone I know. If I was a if I was a prosecuting attorney, or if we were prosecuting attorneys, she would be our star witness. That's how important we believe her information is. And I'm not trying to build her up, um, you know, uh, needlessly. But to, and to understand how important this one topic is, because everything hinges upon this Agenda 2030. 
Agenda 21, Sustainable Development. Hillary Clinton is the face and the operational key, key man, key person behind this, um, doctrine of destruction, doctrine of subject, subjugation, of, of enslavement. Some of the things we're going to be covering here very quickly. I'm just going to give them a rundown. I'm going to toss it to Joe. You got Podesta saying, well, foul on the emails. Well, what else are you going to say? Right? The WikiLeaks, another 1,200 or so additional emails. And Clinton yeah. already confirmed the authenticity of the yes. yep. Podesta emails. Um, I think it was in a press conference after one of the debates or after a campaign rally uh, she had. So now they're trying to say that this is um, uh, a Russian hack uh, or a Russian-involved um, um, hack and intrusion that, that they're trying to influence the elections. I even heard it on Fox News Radio on the way over here, um, the story that came out last week about the U.S. intelligence agencies blaming Russia uh, for the leaks, and, and they continue to push that narrative. And Putin uh, has come out and made some statements um one, he came out and talked about how the White House was using Russia yep. uh, basically as a scapegoat to manipulate Americans and the election. And we'll get into some of his comments here. Yeah, folks, you better be watching Russia. Watch what, I mean, we are at the precipice of the of a third world war, of a global war, Russia versus the United States. And, and, and the United States, the neocons within the United States that are running this, this criminal cabal with Hillary and Obama. Let me tell you something, it's serious. Then, of course, um, uh, the Clintons are... are, are are reported uh, front page of Drudge are fed up with the rape allegations. We need to keep pushing the truth behind this because the, um, <laughs> Trump may have, well, he not may have, he did. Trump obviously uh, uh, was caught with a potty mouth, and uh, you know there's a big thing about it. But Bill Clinton uh, was actually the perpetrator of what. Trump talked about and Hillary covered for him and facilitated and if I was a feminist or if I was a woman I would be upset with Hillary for (laughs) I would be upset with Hillary just because of the interference that she has been running for Bill and excuses it's kind of like well it's not it's not kind of like um, some will equate it to the abused uh, spouse syndrome, abused wife syndrome. It's not that. This is a co-conspirator in criminal activity. That's Hillary Clinton. You've got you've got uh, information coming out about how Sanders was was tanked. We knew that, of course, at the time. Uh, everyone was saying, "Oh, that's just a bunch of BS conspiracy stuff." No, no, Sanders was was the election was stolen from Sanders. To me, that's a good thing. Not the the stealing, but Sanders is out of the picture. It, it's it's a decent thing that he's he's out of the picture. How he got out of the picture is 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 troublesome indeed. You've got, um, uh, of course, the videotape which was seven years old. Now it's coming back out where. And I don't know, folks, if you saw this, Obama on the plane during his campaign runs, he had uh, an, an obvious, um, well, let's just say uh, tentpole, I don't know how else to describe it, in his uh, in, in his dockers. 
Yeah, I'll just leave it at that. And of course, um, we had a plane crash, a small engine, uh, or a small plane, uh, uh, crash that, uh, uh, there was an, it was a uh, suicide or homicide, uh, takedown of a small engine aircraft here as well. You're not, I'm not sure if you're, uh, the pilot was a Jordanian pilot, uh, in the, in the United States on an M1 visa, uh, crashed a small plane intentionally killing he crashed it intentionally. Uh, yes, he crashed it intentionally. Yes. Um, and there were survivors? Yeah, the, actually the pilot, he was a student pilot and the pilot survived and is, is in the hospital and said, hey man, uh, this, uh, this guy, and I've got his name, I just don't have it right with me, but he's from Jordan and he crashed the plane intentionally. It was a small, uh, I think a single engine, uh, aircraft. More on that. You've got, HSBC saying, wait a minute, wait a minute, we are in for a severe correction on the stock market. So you've got that coming out. You've got, um, uh, additional, uh, uh, well, you've got, you, you've got the, uh, in addition to the economy, you've got the, the social civil riots coming. That's, you're going to be hearing more about this where there will be civil Unrest, riots taking place all across the country. Um, of course, we mentioned about CNN ordering a blackout about Danny Williams Clinton's ostensible son, alleged son. You've got uh, some really odd news: astrologists getting together to predict the next president. I think, I think that uh, well, that's an obvious exercise in futility. And of course, you've got. Cases of election fraud all over the United States that are being reported. In all of this, I say this, and uh, I, I truly believe what we're seeing here is the attempt to cast the doubt of legitimacy on the on the elections. So, if Trump wins the electoral uh, vote, I do suspect that uh, his the legitimacy of the elections will be called into question. You've got reports of United Nations troops ready to come into the country or some already in the country in the wake of potential election um, uh, problems. Now, this that, of course, is rumor, period, all right? Make of that, uh, you know, what you will. And then, of course, you've got, um, you're going to see uh, clampdowns on the First Amendment as well, especially as we get closer to the election day, you're going to see people that are going to be sanctioned for saying pro-Trump, anti-immigration things, and even to the extent of uh, uh, criminal charges being filed. Um, and I'm just going over these very quickly, and we're going to be drilling down on, on these. And, of course, in the United States... Uh, Navy getting shot at again by Iranian uh, boats. When will it stop? It should have stopped. The first shot should have stopped. Yet we're we're taking on fire. And, and I heard this, and I I think this might have made the news as well. I I was uh, I was in communication with somebody within the FBI, working out of the Hoover Building. And I can say that. I mean, this person, uh, I know how far I'm, I'm allowed to say this, but I can tell you this. They're across the country at, at the various offices of the FBI. The rank-and-file members of the FBI are about ready to revolt against Comey and against the criminal 
elements of the government, and there is a big sentiment saying that Clinton should, in fact, have been indicted for her criminal actions. Not only Clinton, but at least, according to my source, he gave me 12 names. Now, you know probably five or six of those names, but there's another five or six that you may not know. I'm going to be writing a report on that here in the next uh, day or two. All of that, folks, tonight on Hagman and Hagman Report, and of course, hours two and three, Debbie, and, and I just, I, I, I hesitate when I, when I attempt to pronounce her last name because it is kind of, uh, an interesting last name. It's, uh, Bacha Galupi. Is her last name. It's spelled a little bit differently. You can check the uh, show description. But she is a foremost expert on Agenda 21, Agenda 2030, uh, sustainable development and such. And she's going to just bring a lot of information to the table. So get your notebooks out and uh, tell others about the program. Okay. Global Star Radio Network, thank you so much for carrying our program. Of course, that's where we are main uh, broadcasting uh, arm of the Hagman and Hagman Report, simulcast on Blog Talk Radio and YouTube Live. Joe, where do you want to go? Well, let's uh, <clears throat> for uh, let's move back to, to Putin and to Russia, as there are uh, two important stories pertaining to comments uh, Vladimir Putin made and a leaked uh, WikiLeaks email that um, shows some of the hypocrisy of Hillary Clinton and what she says is. Um, uh, a relationship between Donald Trump and uh, Russia, the Russian president, and um, you know their conspiracy, in her words, to work together um, as he is a Russian plant. But the emails show that Hillary Clinton uh, said some things in favor of Putin, um, even though she had come out and uh, you know tried to point the finger at Donald Trump, saying he was colluding with her. Uh, she has bashed Trump over the same things she is guilty of. Now, Putin has come out, and as I said earlier, talked about how the West and White House has been using Russia to manipulate uh, public opinion pertaining to the election results. And uh, he's saying how the Obama administration dragged Russia into the presidential election and the talking points uh, related to the email revelation that have nothing to do with the Russian interest. He goes on to say uh, about the document release about the involvement in cyber attacks and the 2016 election and what the administration is doing to the people. He says they caused this anti-Russian hysteria with the sole goal to distract the public from the essence of what the hackers leaked. Putin said in an economic forum in Moscow referring to the hacking allegations. It's basically a way of manipulating public opinion, but for some reason nobody discusses that. They only talk about who did it. And I, I, I agree with Putin, and we've said this before, that it's not... Uh, Podesta saying the emails are altered, and that's only after they they threw that talking point out there. Hey, that's a good idea. Let's, Leah, let's go with that. Yeah, that's and after t- Hillary already authenticated them, as we said. Right. And they say um, that, you know, he goes on to say how... The White House and the Clinton camp is saying that this was in Russia's interest to um, manipulate the outcome of the election, and he he says that there is no Russian interest involved. And um, in another interview, he talks about 
how the West has been responsible for the Middle East instability and terrorism in Europe and how they continue to provide support, uh, the West does, for some of the terrorist operations and the destabilization of the Middle East, citing the Arab Spring in 2011 as a key flashpoint for tension um, that still dominates the Muslim world. And what he says is, I believe deeply that some of the responsibility for what is happening in the region and in general in Syria, in particularly, lies with our Western powers, above all the USA and its allies, including the main European countries. Putin said, remember how everyone rushed to support the Arab Spring? Where is the optimism now? How did it all end? Remember what Libya and Iraq looked like before these countries and their organizations were destroyed as states by our Western powers, our partners. Mm -hmm. And um, he goes on to talk about the... Um, collusion between the White House and, and our federal government and terrorism and what is happening in the Middle East. And we're seeing, I mean, we've seen how Damascus has been, you know, almost completely destroyed. There are um, new pictures of Aleppo as bombings in Aleppo continue to show um, the vast devastation that those bombings have done in Aleppo. And folks, if you want, uh, there's been some updated stories that, you know, do comparison photos, you know, uh, 30 pictures from Aleppo, you know, then and now. And it's amazing the extent of the damage uh, as hospitals continue to be targets. And, I mean, it, it's the war-torn region is becoming even more war-torn, if that's possible. And uh, another separate story before we're coming up against this break that does not have anything to do with the email scandal but does have to do with the Clinton uh, and Obama administrations, how many people remember hearing about this arms dealer who was uh, indicted? Was he indicted a couple weeks ago? Uh, or he was... Wait a minute. Which one? Okay. And, and the, people might say, wait a minute, there's more than one? Yes. Uh, Mark Turry. Yes. He was... Um, he gave his first television interview since the criminal charges were dropped. He says the administration made him a scapegoat on the Libya operation in order to protect Hillary Clinton and the State Department. And he goes on to say they failed to make him a scapegoat in 2011 to convert weapon program to arm Libyan rebels that spun out of control. He said he was 100% victimized and discredited. He was thrown under the bus <laughs> to protect the next presidential candidate for the Democratic Party, that being Hillary Clinton, the yep. then head of the Department of State. Yep. And we have uh, emails we, showing we the could write a book between on that them. whole thing. Yeah. Folks, you're listening to the Hagman and Hagman Report. We're up against our top, our first break. We'll be right back after these short messages. Stay with us. Back, ladies and gentlemen, to the Hagman and Hagman Report. Doug Hagman at the helm, fellow investigator researcher Joe Hagman, my son, something I like to call America's premier father-son investigative reporting team, broadcasting live from our radio and television studios here in Northwest Pennsylvania on the Global Star Radio Network, Blog Talk Radio, and YouTube Live. Thanks for joining us. Thanks for your belief and your trust in us. Together, we will fight uh, the the tyranny. We have to fight. We have to take up the uh, 
or the mantle. Uh, well, we have to we have to uh, stand up, be counted, be present, and uh, say no, not more, not anymore, not us, or you know, it's going to be us uh, who are going to bring the battle to you uh, upon bringing the battle to us, uh, folks. Uh, I had a quote here. I just wanted to. I just wanted to give you. This is uh, something I, I found light reading. Communist Manifesto published back in 1848. Lenin said that, where is it here? Uh, I was taking some notes that um, a national health plan is the arch of socialism. And that's from Vladimir Lenin, 1848 Communist Manifesto. Gee whiz, one twentieth of our economy or even greater than that. Hillary Clinton back in 92 attempted to, uh, uh, to destroy our economy through her Hillary care, remember that now it's Obamacare. Interesting too is we're looking at uh, the uh, like rats on a ship, except this ship is not sinking. These are just rats. The GOPE people, the GOP's jumping ship off of Trump, and of course it's no surprise when you look at who these people are. It's uh, you know the uh, the uh, uh, well, the globalists within the Congress, the Gang of Eight, the unconstitutional Gang of Eight, of course. Uh, and I, I got a call too many, actually 45 seconds before going on air, I got a call from uh, a good friend of mine, a veteran, 71 years old. He jumped out of more helicopters than you can count in Vietnam. Um, he said, make sure you tell your audience, and, and I'm just fulfilling I promise to do so. Um, he's pretty beat up at his age. He's pretty beat up from his service to our country. And he said, you make sure, please do me a favor, please make sure you tell your listening audience, I can't say the word uh, used to describe John McCain, but uh, his ire at John McCain, what John McCain has done, against the veterans of this country is shameful. Absolutely shameful. It's kind of a side road we just took. But my heart goes out to everyone who served the, our country with the idea that they were fighting for freedom and got hoodwinked into fighting uh, bankers' wars. Shame on the people in power. Shame on the elected leaders. Shame on all of you. And it's interesting, Joe, and I'm going to turn it back to you, how uh, Hillary Clinton has turned the tables and made out uh, uh, Trump to be this this pro-war, bomb the hell out of anyone, any, any person that walks, when in fact it's Hillary Clinton and her cast of globalists who are out there uh, using the military as their pawns progressive uh, I don't even want to say progressive but they're progressive pawns of of globalism against the uh, against countries like Syria my goodness and Libya and and for her to have the indignity and and the the putrid uh, stench of, of Hillary Clinton when she sat there in that interview we came we saw he died reference to Gaddafi he was no no good person but um, obviously, where's the humanity in that statement? And, and um, 
Well, I'll stop there because any more would be a rant. I want to get into some of the WikiLeak emails. Um, we mentioned that one of, one or more of these emails talk about infiltrating the Catholic Church, and there's an interesting story that's linked off of Drudge, Podesta, and left-wing activists plot Catholic Spring. Longtime Clinton confidant discussed infiltrating the Catholic Church with progressive ideology to foment a revolution. And it's uh, pretty interesting. People are, uh, even Donald Trump addressed the, um, this subject of the WikiLeaks email leaks, the Podesta emails, and, you know, called for the Clinton campaign members who were involved in this to step down and uh, a apology to be released by the Clinton campaign over what is being discussed in these emails. And these newly leaked emails show Hillary Clinton's current campaign chairman and left-wing activist Podesta casually discussing fomenting revolution in the Catholic Church. In the email, it states there needs to be a Catholic spring, you know, kind of like the Arab Spring. Yes. In which Catholics themselves demand the end of Middle Age dictatorship and the beginning of a little democracy and respect for gender equality in the Catholic Church. Sandy Newman, president and founder of the progressive nonprofit Voices for Progress, writes to Podesta in an email titled, Opening for a Catholic Spring, uh, Just Musing. The emails were leaked in the third round of releases of Podesta email links by WikiLeaks. And um, the article goes on to talk more about what is uh, discussed as far as infiltrating the Catholic Church and inseminating this uh, revolution of progressive ideology into the Catholic Church. And we've seen uh, since, you know, before the, in the last three weeks, the running mate for Hillary Clinton, Tim Kaine, uh, make a few statements regarding the Catholic Church's position on gay marriage and other social issues stating that the Catholic Church is going to have to change or it was going to find itself in a battle with a Clinton White House and uh, over um, its IRS status and, and other things. So we see in, in the email leak, it also talks about this being a revolution uh, internally from the bottom up. So what they wanted to do, and they even state uh, an organization they created, Catholics in Alliance for Common Good, was started in order to infiltrate the church with the um, the people to push this progressive mindset okay. and try to change the church's way that they deal with these issues, such as homosexual marriage, birth control, abortions, and this progressive ideology. But but think about this, and, and those people who were alive and aware <clears throat> back in the 60s, uh, remember how the the communists, uh, the, the the today's globalists, the communists, the the um, Bill Ayers of the day back in the 1960s had infiltrated and used the local con- uh, local Catholic churches. Now I'm not talking about the Vatican now, as I usually do. Now I'm talking about local Catholic churches. And this is in reflect. This is reflected, of course, in some of the, the contemporary movies. Uh, I'm thinking of um, uh, Clint Eastwood and Dirty Harry movies. You'll you'll see where the uh, the uh, uh, Revcom, the, the revolutionary uh, communists, the communist revolutionaries, uh, had infiltrated many of the Catholic churches back 
especially in the larger cities, whether it be New York City or San Francisco, Los Angeles, back in the 60s, the anti-war movement. It wasn't anti-war as it was as much as much as it was uh, to foment the revolution at the street ground level and to give the imprimatur of the of, of the Catholics um, and using the uh, using Catholicism to to promote that. So this is this is today's version of what was going on back in the 60s, and I, I, it shouldn't be lost on people. Uh, to understand exactly what happened back then. They're ripping a play, uh, page out of the playbook that they used back then to implement today. So, very, very important point on this. But it's even worse now because they've got, today they've got the, uh, um, uh, the facilitation, the cooperation of the Vatican, the higher level, whereas before they, they really didn't, at least not to the extent that they do today. So watch what's taking place because you're going to see, and, and Joe, I mean, you're you're going to see the, the the local Catholic churches jump on board of this revolution uh, to promote homosexuality, to promote um, the uh, uh, or forgive abortions in the same manner, the revolution style manner as with the same gusto that that they were anti uh, Vietnam War. Again, I'm talking about limited. Areas, urban areas. Uh, I'm not talking about the entirety of the Catholic Church, just limited areas. But this does have some backing from the Vatican. Go ahead. Yeah, and um, and the, right now we're going to get into some uh, other election news, and we'll get back to the uh, important, some of the more important emails that have uh, been leaked and and sorted through. Um, there's two stories specific. Well, there's three stories. That deal with the election and in different um, facets around the election. One, the White House says voters should be confident in stability and durability of the election system. Now, this is the same White House that is uh, claiming that you know Russia is doing these cyber hacks and uh, you know releasing these emails in order to influence the election. Are saying this is the same White House that's saying the American people should remain confident in the stability and durability of the country's election system. And this comes on the same day that news uh, from the Pentagon has come out that the Pentagon will join Homeland Security and the FBI in oversight and control of the elections. And right in the beginning of the uh, report here, concerns about Russia hacking into the November 8th elections have now reached the Pentagon, where the military's top cyber official has outlined a plan to help the FBI and Department of Homeland Security to track an election-altering attack. Mm-hmm. So on the same day, you have the White House saying voters should be uh, fully confident in the elect- election uh, and about the election and uh, its viability and not to be interfered with. But you have the Pentagon joining the FBI and the Department of Homeland Security uh, over deep concerns about the election being altered through cyber attacks. Saying that they're going to, you know, become part of, uh, you know, this watchdog group of election oversight. Um, so, you know, they use the excuse of, well, we got to watch out for uh, cyber attacks, and for that reason, we're going to implement the Department of Homeland Security, the FBI, and now the Pentagon into the election system under the uh, critical infrastructure executive order that Obama uh, signed a few years back. And on the other side of their mouth, they're saying. Uh, you know, you don't need to worry about uh, our election process being uh, hacked or 
interfered with because um, we need to be confident in our system because it's it's hard to hack. White House spokesman Josh Ernest said during the press briefing today. Well, he's not he's not totally wrong. You have to understand that. No, yes, he is. Well, no, no. Hold on a minute, okay? When when maybe not hard from it's hard for outside sources to hack harder than it is for people to right. I mean, right. Just about anybody with a, a computer and the know how can hack any one machine from you know uh, that location. That, alone, at the local level, who has access to the machines can alter or hack um, okay. the results right. themselves. The, 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 it's not centralized, for example. It's all done on state and local level. So it's diff- in that respect, it's more difficult to hack. Uh, mm-hmm. uh, however, the black box voting is open to hacking. So uh, when I say he's not wrong when it, with respect to the, the level of difficulty, I'm, I'm only speaking to the extent that the there, there's no one central repository necessarily connected to the internet um it, it's more uh, it's right more, it's there's no website that you can hack into correct. to alter the results from all 50 states but that doesn't preclude the localized hacking at the state level and the local level which is done all the time in addition to, to tossing uh i mean de blasio you saw folks it, it, hacking is secondary to perhaps the the blatant voter id fraud de blasio i mean you know if we I have to be careful how I say this. Uh, lampposts and rope from, from these people who are, who are, are really, as, as you would put it, throwing the, or throwing our sovereignty under the bus. I mean, de Blasio handing out, uh, uh, cards, uh, you know, that, that, um, Project Veritas had, had reported on. Um, yeah, the, uh, Manhattan Commissioner for, right, um, voting talked about how he didn't want his one vote being negated by, uh, one, you know, illegal immigrant being bussed around to ten different locations uh, without voter ID. They talked about the voter ID laws, and um, one, you know, very valid point, and we've talked about this many times before, is that you know you need ID to do just about anything in this country, from driving to even entering buildings in New York City. I mean, you have to show your ID and sign in pretty much uh, just about anywhere you go. You need ID for cigarettes. But for voting, he talks about you don't need ID, and sure. that's by design. Um, voter ID laws, he goes on to, to, and I'm paraphrasing what he said, um, stop that. I mean, they, they basically say it's discrimination to ask for ID. That's in baloney, The obviously. voting booth, and he says that, you know, there are buses that take these people around, and they vote multiple times in a day. And he also brought up the fact that thousands of absentee ballots show up uh, from undisclosed recipients or and not knowing where they came from, and they're thrown in with the rest of the ballots uh, with no questions asked. I mean, it it's a, it was the first release um, promise to come out, and the, uh, was it James O'Keefe or Project Veritas, also said that the this was the first of many leaks, uh, leaked videos and, and other um, and investigative journalism and this was the least damaging of those uh, released so far that they're going to continue to get worse as they are uh, continually continually released um now the UN has come out and again uh, we've seen world leaders um from different nations come out and talk about a danger the danger of a Trump presidency <laughs> now the UN human rights chief says 
Trump as president would pose global danger. The world would be in danger if Donald Trump becomes president of the United States, the top United Nations human rights official said on Wednesday. The UN High Commissioner for Human Rights, uh, Zeed Rahad al-Hussein, cited Trump's views on vulnerable communities, including minorities, and his talk of... What's his position? Authorizing torture and interrogations banned under international law as deeply unsettling and disturbing. If Donald Trump is elected on the basis of what he has said already, and unless that changes, I think it is without any doubt that he would be dangerous from an international point of view, he told a news briefing in Geneva, Switzerland. So... Uh, What's his position? The the chief human rights uh, commissioner. All right. So so you've got, obviously, a Muslim uh, Mm -hmm. chief human rights commissioner. All right. That's like putting, in my view, putting a pedophile in charge of the... uh, uh, Playground? Playground, yeah. And this um, is just one world leader. We saw um, the former president of Mexico, the president of France, as well as other people calling, you know, for Trump to step down to uh, saying that his presidency would be a complete disaster and danger to this country. Now, other, um, the Republican Party officially endorses Donald Trump, but many of its top members have come out and spoke out against him. Um, One of the more recent and more notable ones is the Speaker of the House, Paul Ryan, who has come out and... uh, has been called disloyal because uh, of his abandonment of the uh, candidate Trump after the videotape that was released about uh, Trump bragging about groping women, which it has now come out that NBC had for months, the media outlet NBC had for months, and had a timed release of this video for maximum damage, which that in itself tells you the collusion that shows you some of the collusion between the sure. Clinton campaign and uh, the media organizations. Um, but because of that, this is the reason why some of these Republicans are coming out and uh, abandoning Trump. Now, Trump called them disloyal, and uh, you know, really, it shows you who his enemies are uh, versus who his friends are. But there's been, a, a, I guess, a pattern, if you will, of the kind of Republicans who've been leaving the Trump campaign or supporting the Trump campaign. And you talked about this before the show. Yes. Was it the um, the ones who support amnesty? And the- well, yes. You're, you're, yeah, you're looking at the, major, the majority of the GOP uh, leaders, the gang of eight, the... the, the uh, uh, and I don't even want to get into it, we really... But but if you look at the, 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 the I don't even I the, this is so frustrating to me. Okay, when I, when I see these people, these these congressmen, senators, um, the McCain's, the uh, you could you can you can tick them off. Basically, mm-hmm. they're all establishment Republicans who are bailing on Trump, but not for any. I mean, the the reasons they provide are not the reasons which they're 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 bailing. Look, they they want the career politicians, right? That. They want a Clinton presidency. They want a globalist. They they, they don't want anything to upset their upset their uh, uh, their money trains. Yeah, exactly. So you know, you look at the it. the net worth of these congressmen when they get into office, and you look at how much they make 
from their position in Congress or the Senate every year versus their net worth over the years and in, in the times that they served this country. It's staggering to see, you know, Nancy Pelosi makes, made, as a congressman, made, um, you know, 200 to $300,000 a year, but is worth $100 million. That is the, the majority of these, uh, senators and House members have net worths that are, you know, 10, 100, 1,000 times what they make in a year. And it's all happened in the period of time that they've been in the uh, office that they sit in now. And a lot of that money has to come from private uh, lobbying firms and interest groups for different political uh, purposes and, you know, uh, to benefit their friends, they get basically bribes. Um, they receive the money and they give the act. It's kind of like the Clinton Foundation. In a couple, uh, the last two days, there's been stories on our on HagmanReport.com about the Clinton Foundation and the Haiti earthquake uh, money. As there's two billion dollars missing missing from the Clinton Foundation hurricane uh, or the earthquake, the Haiti yes. earthquake relief fund. And Bill Clinton even had the audacity to come out and ask for donations to Haiti for Hurricane Matthew. And as he did so on Twitter, his uh, Twitter account, um, you know, just blew up with backlash towards Clinton uh, along the lines of, well, you know, we'll donate after, uh, you know, the $2 billion reappears in Haiti. Even um, Haitian citizens and politicians had come out in protest talking about how, you know, the Clintons had robbed them of that Folks, relief money. We we need to keep the pressure on. Uh, and as I'm listening the, to Joe here, go and ahead. The, and the latest one from today showed how uh, friends of Bill Clinton got special access to Haiti relief efforts and money right? Um, as a result of their donations to the Clinton Foundations. And that was that came out in the yes, yesterday's batch of the Podesta email leak. When when I when I look at the Clinton Foundation pay to play program, you take the emails and you start looking and matching uh, what Hillary Clinton had done as Secretary of State to uh, sell her uh, just just to sell favors, if you will, to sell um, positions, to sell out this country for her personal enrichment. To say that this isn't criminal is a bunch of BS. You've got Bill Clinton and Hillary Clinton, the heads, the, the two heads of the biggest American crime family right now, flaunting all of their criminality in your face, laughing at each one of us, and you've got these Hollywood celebrities, these, these brain-dead morons out there who are supporting uh, Hillary and Bill Clinton. And then you've got these, and, and I've got to say this because a, a, a very critical element, especially in the venue in which we operate, are these, these, um, these bloggers, these self-proclaimed Christian or conservative journalists who are attempting to take us down and anyone talking the truth about Bill Hillary, uh, uh, Bill and Hillary Clinton or talking the truth about the, um, about the, uh, uh, criminal cabal that exists. You've got this, everything has intensified over the last six months. Trust me when I tell you, the battlefield is, we are entrenched 
greater, much greater in this battlefield. The bullets are flying at a much greater pace, the metaphoric bullets, uh, that is. You've got um, attempted takedowns. You've got people um, uh, attempting to shut us up. And see, this is going to happen to each one of you. The, 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 the more difference that you make, is the greater blowback you're going to receive. Um, whether it's putting a sign out in your front yard of your home for Trump or to express your displeasure at um, the the sinful nature and criminal nature of, of what's taking place, you yourselves are going to see the blowback and feel the blowback, whether it's on a personal level or at your place of employment at work or just within the community or neighborhood in general. This is the run-up to this full-out civil war that we talked about back in 2013 and 2012 and 2011. The information I got from my intelligence insider, this was planned. Now it's operational. I said it was operational back then, but you know what? They can't plan or they can't accurately plan everything. They're not always in control of the timing, are they? Uh, so... Having said all of that, now it's coming. Now we're sounding the alarm bells even even louder and stronger. And those of us who said, "Oh, you're just a bunch of uh, fear porn, fear mongers," well, look around you. You haven't begun to see fear yet, folks. And I know, and we know, of course, fear is. Uh, you need not fear with with belief in the Bible and belief as Christians, of course. However, the spirit of fear is being cultivated out there. You're listening to the Hagman and Hagman Report coming on, becoming back expert in Agenda 21, Agenda 2030, sustainable development, uh, editor at technocracy.news, Debbie <laughs> Bacigalupi, Bacigalupi, and I'm uh, so afraid to mispronounce that. I can be right back, stay right where you're at. Episode of the Hagman and Hagman Report, HagmanReport.com. That's the place to go for show information, news information articles. That's HagmanReport.com. Hagman and Hagman to watch the show, also to access the various venues in which we're on. Uh, of course, Global Star Radio Network, going to give them a big thank you for carrying our program. That's Global Star Radio Network, and we're joined uh, on that network by so many other luminaries. It's, uh, it's a great network, and thank Todd for all of his hard work. Uh, in which uh, he, he broadcasts our show. This segment, this well, for the rest of the program, we have got a very special treat for each and every one of you. If you have not heard the name Debbie Bacigalupi, you're going to be very familiar with her now. And I'll tell you something. Uh, I had the distinct honor and pleasure, Joe and I did, to speak with her today. Uh, this is one heck of a of an intelligent woman uh, when it comes to Agenda 21, Agenda 2030, sustainable development topics such as the uh, uh, the United Nations Conference on Sustainable Development, uh, the cap and trade stuff, everything that you hear uh, 
and everything represented by Hillary, Diane Rodham, the witch Clinton, yes, I said it now, um, everything that she represents is what Debbie Bacigalupi is, is an expert on. And she, she is the most articulate, well-researched, as far as I'm concerned, she should be an investigator or could be an investigator, uh, credentialed investigator because of her, of the in-depth research in which she has conducted. She's a, a in-demand speaker. Folks, if you want her as a speaker, uh, she's available for that, uh, interviews and such. I mean, well worth the, the time and money, believe me. And she's a beautiful young lady as well. And I, and I say that sincerely inside and out. And there's a story behind that too, which we're going to get into later. Um, she's the daughter of a California cattle rancher and a cattle rancher herself. And, and, and just a wonderful, delightful young lady. And we're so pleased to have her with us. Before we get to her, however, remember yesterday, did, did you, did you catch the hour that we spent with Alex Wilson? Oh, I hope you did. PreciousTimber.com. Folks, go to Hagman Report and click on the link to PreciousTimber.com. Uh, timber is the billionaire's secret to low-risk, high-return investments. You can stop the worry, stop the risk, stop losing money on low, low-return investments. Alex Wilson was talking about 14% returns on investments. My goodness. Growing investor interest is driving competition, folks, to four tropical hardwoods. The need for managed, sustainable timber production forests has never been greater. And direct ownership of fully managed tropical timberland acreage is now available to long-term accredited investors. Now, note I said long-term accredited investors. This is not for everybody. However... When stocks and real estate crash, of course, trees continue to grow, and they provide unbeatable diversification for your portfolio. The prime valuable tropical hardwood plots are now available close to the Costa Rica border. Um, learn how money really does grow on trees, and I laugh at that, but it, it's true. I mean, you talk about a long-term growth of your investments. Qualified accredited accredited investors, folks, should go to preciousTimberProfits.com. That's preciousTimberProfits.com. Or call 855-888-6288 for more information. Or simply go to HagmanReport.com and click on the link. It's PreciousTimber.com or PreciousTimber.com. Profits.com. Alex Wilson is the guy to talk to. If you and, and they're building, look, they're 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 building libraries, uh, subsidizing and building schools in Nicaragua. I can, boy, it's tough for me to say words sometimes. Uh, just just uh, near the uh, near Costa Rica, Costa Rica. I mean, they are doing such a great job. That's Alex Wilson at Precious Timber. Profits.com. Joe? All right, we're going to bring on our guest who will be with us for the rest of the show, uh, Miss Debbie Bacigalupi, Agenda 2030, and um, Senior Editor for Technocracy.news, uh, Patrick Woods' uh, website. And Patrick's been a guest on our show. He has the book, uh, Technocracy Rising, 
which is a, a fantastic read. Uh, Debbie, welcome to the Hagman and Hagman Report. Hi, how are you today? Fantastic. Absolutely. Thanks for joining us. And, and, and you bet. Uh, we, we hope, uh, and, you know, uh, I'm gun shy of pronouncing your, correctly pronouncing your name. Bachigalupi is, is how you pronounce your last name, correct? I got that right. Yes. Didn't I? Yes, okay. you got that. So right. All right. All right. And, and folks, and as Joe said, um, her bio can be found, of course, at, uh, technocracy.news and just go to the, uh, bio page, about page, and of course you'll, you'll see her picture there under a senior editor. Uh, Debbie, how is, I mean, how in the world did you get involved in uh, Agenda 21 research, Agenda 20, uh, 2030 research? How did you get involved in all of this? Uh, well, uh, I, you know, um, you mentioned, or it was mentioned that I am a researcher. That has I think always been in my nature. I was raised by a cattle rancher, yes, but a father who always had safety in mind first. So, for example, if we went on vacation and we came back home, the first thing that my dad did, he didn't grab, you know, the luggage to help us carry the luggage inside the house. Instead, he went straight into the house and started investigating to see if there was anybody in the house or anything missing, because for my dad, safety and his family was first. With that in mind, my sisters and I could never get away with lying to my dad because he would always find out everything. And we're like, how does he find out this stuff? So I think I learned at a very early age that truth and honesty matter. And that if you know that someone's not telling you the truth, then um, then you investigate if it's important to you. And the truth really matters to me. And as a cattle rancher's daughter, we started noticing on our ranch and other ranchers, uh, other ranches and farms in California, that our way of life, which I would describe as uh, you know, nothing, nothing fantastic, nothing except for fantastic in that it, that you love the land and you don't want to be, you know, you just want to be left alone. You don't want to bother anybody. You want to provide byproducts of, you know, livestock or timber, um, eggs, whatever it is that your family or your farm produces to, uh, to maintain that lifestyle and also give back uh, to society in a in a nutrient dense way, in a way that um, you know provides not only value to the land but also value to the people. Because what farmer or rancher is going to want to destroy their land? Is one going to harm their uh, their their livestock if you if that's your survival mechanism, your way to make money, your way to earn money and stay on the land? So we know we started noticing where. Fish and game departments, now they're all called fish and wildlife for the most part, departments started uh, making up new rules for private property, things like something called the incidental take permit. And without going into too much detail, things that would allow these bureaucracies, these agencies, most of them unelected, most of them self-appointed by government, and they would give themselves these reasons, whether it was the Endangered Species Act or the Clean Water Act or the Clean Air Act, to come on your land and 
uh, say it's for one thing. For example, we want you to go along with this new regulation, farmer rancher, and you're going, wait a minute, that does not make sense. And, oh, by the way, if we sign on to this new regulation, which is not, you know, is unconstitutional, it's not a law, but they're coming on and saying, we need to regulate your water for a fingerling fish called the coho salmon, even though it never existed on your property. We, the bureaucracy, are now saying that that fish could survive on the stream that runs through your property. So this is happening all over, whether it's the coho salmon or some three-legged, yellow-eyed, pink haired frog or whatever. And so we started noticing just the encroachment um, on our property, our water. Uh, And so at one point, I remember just going, something's not right here. And I did this mad dash and started researching and what could be happening because we're good people. And why did the fishing game show up on my parents' property armed and flank my parents' game wardens who have known my parents for, you know, tens of years, all of a sudden come on and, you know, armed and and vested, bulletproof vested, flanked my parents on either side saying, why aren't you signing on to this incidental take permit process? And my parents were just like, what is going on here? So we knew that something was just not quite right. Now, nothing else happened after that except for my parents and many other ranchers in, and farmers within Siskiyou County, so Northern California, said we are not going to sign on to this, this new regulation that you want to put and impose upon us ranchers and farmers and our water and the streams and the rivers that run through our property. One, it's illegal, and two, it gives up our freedom, our privacy. It gives you a pass to come onto our property anytime you want. So my parents with other ranchers and farmers started standing up and saying, we're not falling into this trap. We will not do it. So from there, we started researching, like, what in the heck is going on? Like, why all of a sudden are we feeling like we're the enemy and these game wardens feel like they need to come flanked and get, and, and, or come armed and in bulletproof vests? It was like, it was shocking. So I started researching and and um, I stumbled, stumbled upon three videos, and one was uh, from a man named Lord Christopher Monckton, and he's out of London, and it was just an old video. I, can, I remember he was walking around this room, and it was, it was not a high, it was just very low quality, but there was something about the information that he was talking about that I was like, oh my gosh, that sounds just like what what we're experiencing this you know attack on private property and he mentioned something called agenda 21 and it sounded a little bit crazy and but then I looked up agenda 21 and I found a video got by a a friend of mine now and a very good friend of uh, Patrick Woods and it was Michael Shaw and he was talking about agenda 21 and Santa Cruz so here Christopher Monkton is is talking in London and it sounded familiar, but oh my gosh, now it's getting closer to home. And so out of Santa Cruz is this speaker talking about Agenda 21 and the attack on private property rights. And then, and although the agenda sounded so surreal and impossible and it could never happen here in the United States, I was starting to see it firsthand, you know, creep into Northern California. 
And then the third video I saw, which is very important to me, is about food and our and food freedom. And it, it was a video about Codex Alimentarius. And all and it was a, a doctor named Dr. Rima, and she was talking about how one day, one day soon. By the way, this is all right around the year 2000. I would say 2007, 2008. So I'm relatively new to uh, Patrick's been involved in this for you know a good 20, 30 years now. But I'm relatively new when it comes to the battle for freedom and liberty. I've been busy trying to make a career for myself, but which I've put on hold for right now uh, because I think freedom and liberty are way more important than than uh, the careers that I was going after mm. at the time I started discovering everything. But so Codex Alimentarius is all about food law and Roman food law and going back to when when kings and rulers wanted to rule the entire food system. And this doctor was saying it is in Congress right now. It is in this food law is in the United States right now. And there will be a day when you will have to get a prescription for vitamin C. You will only be able to get it in low doses. And you're going to have everything is going to be, you know, monitored, surveilled. And you're only going to be given, you know, your certain allotment. And that sounded, sounded a bit crazy too. But when I look at what all the common things were about these three different speakers, they all went back to the United Nations. Every single speaker spoke about how the United Nations was uh, behind all of this. And at that time, I was um, also working for Google as a corporate event planner, and I was responsible for uh, not only the 2008 presidential candidates coming to Google to speak, including Barack Hussein Obama, but also I was responsible for all the speakers who came in, whether it was Ben and Jerry of Ben and Jerry's Ice Cream or Jane Fonda coming in or Maria Shriver or Barack Hussein Obama, Hillary Clinton. I was responsible for all of those speakers coming in. And yeah, uh, Debbie, I, I I just want to interject something here and, and just reinforce this with our listening audience because you were, in, I mean, you held uh, amazingly important positions in, in the private sector, very well compensated, very high profile positions in the private sector that 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 gave you um uh allowed you to rub elbows so to speak with with the uh, you know these luminaries i guess uh, for, for better or for worse nonetheless but uh i i guess what's important for me to tell the audience here is you gave up all of that um willingly gave it up uh, i suspect willingly at least to to go after to search the to root out the truth behind these nefarious plans and again at the core of this is agenda 21 but but um so you your sacrifice for the truth getting the truth out there for your position today was a, a huge financial sacrifice right i mean i just i don't want that understated at all uh, oh thank because, you you know yeah, okay. it, it was, it was, and um, yeah, to the to the point where you know, even running for Congress, I I paid you know most of my way. I I didn't earn, I couldn't, I didn't fundraise very much, but I definitely funded my own campaign, and and that's because I just didn't want to be bought and sold. 
I did not want to be, you know, I, I just, so something, I think there's something in us that it's written on our heart, right from wrong. And the more I discovered about this evil plot, this evil plan, this evil agenda called Agenda 21, which was the agenda for the 21st century, the more I saw how evil was at play, even at my work, even for the events that I was doing for uh, Google. And as I started, then thanks for pointing that out. And since then, I'm working, you know, I, I work for the doctors who created Proactive. I work from home a couple hours a week and um, on, with Rodan Fields. I love it. It's becoming more of a focus because it's such a positive energy and it's taking away from me, me away from the negativity of what's happening in America right now. And I think we need that balance. I think we need a balance. And I have been way too far in the weeds and the, you know, being a Debbie Downer in the world of of this globalization and moving us into a global citizenship. And where I, where it got really tough for me at Google, and especially as a rancher's daughter, is hearing these talkers come in, whether it was Ben and Jerry, or it was Jane Fonda, or it was Hillary Clinton coming in and starting to talk about you know, sustainability and how farmers and how especially ranchers with our cattle are so bad to the environment. So you put all those things together and I became a mad researcher, researching all night. There were days, there would be days that I would not sleep because I had to get to the bottom of this. And then I found myself going to conferences. I, I had to go, you know, I registered, whether it was the United Nations Rio Earth Summit in 2012 or just this past year, almost a year ago now, uh, the Paris Agreement, the United Nations Framework Convention on Climate Change, and the International Panel on Climate Change Conference called the Paris Agreement. By the way, we signed on, to, America signed on to all of these things. All of them. We are yeah, part of yeah. this agenda. It is not voluntary. Mm-hmm. We are in it, and we are in it for the long haul unless people rise now, if we wait for this election and Hillary Clinton is president, it's a done deal. She is sustainable development from here to the moon and back again. And so, you know, this election is important, as crazy it is as it is. But if we don't stop this, if we don't stop it now, we can no longer wait, you guys. We can't. Yeah, as Donald Trump may say or might say, these are bad deals for America and for Americans or for anyone in the West, any um, um, uh, free person. And you, now you mentioned too about the, about farms and about farmland, but but folks, this is going. This will affect. Uh, people in urban areas, in the cities. It's not just, it's just, it's not just about farmland, although that, that's a a big portion. I mean, Agenda 21, 2030, this will affect every living human being on the planet, and it will subjugate us. And you're, you're correct in stating that, that this is, and I, I guess I would put it as, and correct me if this is wrong, but, uh, the uh, a, a Clinton candidacy and a Clinton presidency, God forbid, would open this Trojan horse of subjugation of 
the free people under this pretext of sustainable development. Oh, it's great for Mother Earth, the the, the ecology, the uh, uh, environment, uh, uh, and and so on. I mean, th- this is such a, a a huge Trojan horse that is being delivered by Clinton and company. Is that a true statement? Oh, for sure. For okay. sure. Patrick Patrick just posted on technocracy.news the uh, video I was talking about of Hillary Clinton in 2012 when I was at the Rio Earth Summit. And she says in this video, I, I, I hope I can get it as close to what I remember it being. It used to be in my presentation, and I think I'm going to start adding it back into my presentation. But she said about sustainable development or about development, that sustainable development is the only development for the 21st century. So we are to end sustainable development. As your listeners, they are very smart. They are very in tune. When hear, they hear, when, when, when your listeners hear the word sustainability or sustainable development, already they're thinking, oh my goodness, United Nations Agenda 21. Because that is, sustainable development was coined by the United Nations and the Gru Harlem Brundtland Commission back, you know, in the late 1980s and into and and promulgated in 1992 at the first Rio Earth Summit that was in Brazil. And then that's when, at the Rio Earth Summit in 1992, was when they announced sustainable development to the world as the agenda for the 21st century, hence. United Nations Agenda 21 Sustainable Development. That is its full, you know, name. So there's nothing that they're hiding in there, and there's nothing that they haven't been hiding in there except for um, what the true definition of sustainable development is. And they make it sound, it's not real uh, cut and clear what the definition means. So at first, it, it sounds like, yeah, well, maintaining, you know, our resources so that all of us can you know, meet our basic needs, but that, you know, that the basic needs of future generations would be, would also be met. But who is describing what basic needs are? So you have to now get into their documents and get into, um, go to their meetings to find out what they're actually talking about, which takes research and it takes time. But luckily you have books like Patrick's Technocracy Rising, where Patrick and, you know, just a a couple hundred chapter, uh, pages explains exactly what's happening in this, you know, scientific dictatorship that we are living in. Um, I, I've read thousands, thousands of documents. I've spent thousands of hours uh, going to meetings or reading documents and diving in, trying to figure out what they're up to um, for the 21st century. And something that Patrick kept, Patrick Wood, Technocracy Rising and Technocracy.news author and founder, started saying to me was, you know, Debbie, it, Agenda 21 is not the end game. And I'm like, sure it is, Patrick. I've done all this research. It definitely is. I've gone to all their conferences. It definitely is. And he said, nope, it's not. One day I was, um, uh, at, it was Going to a doctor, I've, you know, I had some lower back pains, probably because I spend so much time in front of my computer and reading these documents that I, you know, my, I have lower back pains now. So I'm at this doctor who's working on my back, and I ask him about, has he ever heard of United Nations Agenda 21? Because he's asking, why is my back so bad? 
And I said, well, I'm a researcher and, and an investigator. And he says, well, what do you research? What do you investigate? And I said, Agenda 21, have you ever heard of it? He says, no. I said, have you ever heard of the United Nations? He says, oh, sure. He says, I used to be a survivalist. And he said, I used to go to all these gun shows and I would prep and I'd have, you know, my food stored. And in his office are crosses and Bibles everywhere. And so he says to me, you know, Debbie, if you look around, and this is where it hit me, what Patrick has been saying, what I've been studying, and it all came together with what um, Albert, is his name, said to me after he said, you know, Debbie, if you look around, you see people bowing their head to the God of technology. And I said, well, and I knew exactly what he meant. He meant our cell phones. He meant our smartphones. That if you look around, everyone, people are connected through technology. We are all connected. Every, it's like these cell phones, these smartphones rule our lives. And what I saw there was Debbie, in just, we're, yeah. We're coming up against a, a, a segment break. Um, we're going to pick up right where you just, where we just left off the fact that everybody carries around a cell phone that is connected, um, to, they're all connected to each other and the implications that, uh, carrying around this technology has. So folks, you're listening to Debbie Bacigalupi, uh, Agenda 2030 on this edition of the Hagman and Hagman Report. Stay with us. You're listening to the Hagman and Hagman Report. Wow, what a great guest we've got. Debbie Bacigalupi. She is the uh, senior editor at uh, technocracy.news with Patrick Wood there. Uh, she's an, uh, an expert on sustainable development agenda 21. The larger picture here, what this Trojan horse of subjugation is, um, and who the uh, the rider of that horse, Hillary Clinton, and of course the globalist, uh, uh, communist globalist, to bring this in to subjugate all of us listening. If you're listening to this program, you will be affected by this without fail. And of course, our commitment to our audience is to bring the best, the most knowledgeable guests on a matter. And of course, that is Debbie. Bacigalupi. And, uh, folks, you can, uh, go to hagmanreport.com or uh, under the show description, uh, you can, you can, um, uh, make sure you, make, make sure you seek her out in Facebook, on Facebook. Follow her on Facebook, folks. You've got to do that to get the latest updates. That's, uh, what you just go to the hagmanreport.com or the show description and, and find her on Facebook. It's, uh, Debbie Bacigalupi. Of course, and and she's got all of the information that's important on this matter. This is a long-term effective. This is uh, or objective. This is this is what we're seeing playing out in real time. Of course, um, I, I want to mention this as well. We're getting a lot of emails on this, folks. We are well aware that Russia has uh, Putin had ordered all Russian uh, uh, children and relatives, students, were uh, studying abroad to return to. 
to Russia. The Sun is reporting this. Zero Hedge reported on this as well. This move comes after Moscow held defense drills for uh, uh, just a whole bunch of uh, their people in Moscow. Now, we know that those are not out of the ordinary necessarily. Um, it's, it's, however, the collective, the, in the aggregate, all of this combined, uh, along with the actions of the United States and, and NATO and, and in Syria and what's taking place in Syria, uh, is disconcerting to say the least. And then you've got rumblings of China. So we are well aware of everything that's taking place. We're on top of this. So watch in, in, in folks bookmark. Uh, HagmanReport.com because we're going to be ex- uh, addressing this in greater detail outside of, uh, the, of course, this program. Um, so having said that, Joe, I'm going to kick it over to you. Before the break, um, Debbie was talking about the uh, increase in technology uh, pertaining to cell phones and, you know, uh, we see the Obama phone program. It seems that everybody has a cell phone, uh, which is convenient uh, and and needed at times to to have that line of communication you, uh, right there by you, but at the same time it's being used as a double edged sword. Absolutely, uh, and we don't know all the ways that we are being uh, taken advantage of taken advantage of while we have these devices on it. Uh, Debbie, uh, go ahead and continue your thought that you were saying just before the break. Yeah, so uh, Patrick Wood uh, it kept telling me. That the end game is not Agenda 21. And remember, I said, no, it is. Because I had done all the research. I'd gone to their conferences. I know exactly what this big plan is. So when this doctor said, you know, bow, he, he said to me, if you look around, people are bowing their head to the God of technology. And I said, well, Albert, what is the God of technology? And he said, well, Satan, of course. And he said, if you look around, you'll see a family at a restaurant, for example, and they're at a table, and it looks like they're down praying, right? They've got their heads down, and they're praying about their meal and giving thanks to God and Jesus Christ. And he said, and if you look closely, they're all on their cell phones. Do you see this breakdown of communication and of people being together You know, we've got all these advanced technologies where we don't even have to see one another anymore. And so, in my opinion, you see the breakdown of society. And you also see, at the same time, people relying on their phones for everything, whether it's to, you know, buy your groceries and now or get yourself on an airplane. All you need now is your cell phone. And, in fact, even the globalists told us that. My former boss, Eric Schmidt of Google now, and, and also, the I guess, the CEO of a new company called Alphabet, which I found very interesting. Alphabet, A to Z, and Google means infinity. So many people who know about Agenda 21 know how much Google is to, be, to play a part in controlling, monitoring, and surveilling all aspects of life on Earth, even down to the depths of the ocean, right? There was a recent conference that Eric Schmidt was speaking at. It was the Millican um, Global Conference. It was held in April. It was held in Los Angeles. And what I found astonishing, of course I wanted to go to this conference because Al Gore was going to be there. The United Nations was going to be there. Movie stars, Leonardo DiCaprio, um, Tom Hanks, all these people going to this 
great big conference that was a conference about where the world is heading. But of course, you know, someone like me who pays for everything on her own and that, you know, doesn't have this great big income anymore, the least expensive ticket for a single person was $12,500. $12,500 for a two-day conference in Los Angeles. The highest ticket per per person, so then there was a 15000 and then a $25,000 entry fee, which says to me that this conference is not available to the average person, like most of them. It is only available to the elite, the global elite, who are going along with this agenda. Eric Schmidt, my former boss, said in his lunchtime speech that we will be relying on our phones for everything. He said there will be a day. So not only did Google say, you know, we will be able to predict what you're going to be thinking next. They've been working on that for a while now and they're doing a pretty darn good job. They also said, he also said there will be a day very soon where your cell phone will be able to tell when you're sick, if you're hurt, and then make the necessary call to get you the help you need. These smartphones are not making us more intelligent. They are making us more reliable on a massive system where we're all connected. So if you are now, your life depends on this technology. Patrick said to me, Debbie, the end game is not Agenda 21. It's technocracy, a scientific dictatorship, artificial intelligence. We are moving vastly into a computerized world where climate change is not based on you and I going and and observing the Antarctic or Ar- the Arctic with our own two eyes and our hands and our you know and our skin to feel is it really warming are the glaciers really melting are the polar bears really disappearing no we're relying on on computer modeling systems and just like Obama said, the science is settled. Any scientist would never, ever say the science is settled. Their job's over, and science is constantly changing. Things are constantly moving. Air is constantly, you know, rotating. Trees are, have a shelf life. People have a shelf life. Things change. They find We find new technologies, new materials, new things for different, you know, for cows to, you know, create byproducts uh, or to be another byproduct of. So when we hear the science is settled, what they're trying to say to us is, don't worry your pretty little head, you little peasants, because science is settled. We don't need your observation. This is the way the world is going. And if you disagree, you will be punished. And we are seeing that now. So Patrick was right. We are moving into technocracy, a scientific dictatorship. Agenda 21, the 2030 agenda, uh, Habitat 3, are simply stepping stepping stones into this scientific dictatorship. And, Debbie, how many times have you seen this? And I've seen this on on my own computer. Um, You know, when you might be having a conversation with somebody, uh, your wife, your family, uh, talking about you know going to buy something from groceries or you know whatever it is, you, you'll uh, then see ads pop up on your computer um, relating to things that you know people had just recently talked about or you recently talked about. 
Um, yeah. I've been seeing that a lot lately. And this, and we've seen the, you know, the, even the James Comey, the director of the FBI, talks about putting electrical tape over the uh, camera hole on your computer. Well, you know, all the phones today have, have cameras also. And we've seen uh, U.S. intelligence sources and, and other government officials talk about uh, the ability to spy on you through your TV, through uh, appliances in your home, and it, so it doesn't go beyond the imagination that you know the cell phones would would fall into those categories. And yeah, we do see this push for a scientific dictatorship and this uh, you know global socialist communist uh, totalitarian system that we see being implemented. And um, it, it is shocking and alarming to see the rate at which people are. Uh, becoming accustomed to using this technology and um, if we don't you know continue to stop we're looking at on the the cash the cashless society um, microchips or some sort of labeling system uh, that will category all you know human beings on earth which can be linked to the mark of the beast in the bible when they roll out their their final system on this and um, it's very scary to see the the level of influence that the scientific dictatorship already has in our life today. Yeah. Well, um, and 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 we we are agreeing to this. If you use uh, Gmail or Facebook or your smartphone, you're always agreeing to the uh, the updates. So, in in my opinion, what is the price of convenience? What is the price of quote unquote? In, uh, efficiency. What liberties, what freedoms are we giving up and agreeing, you know, agreeing to give up for the sake of convenience? So it becomes a very slippery slope. There are lots of great things that you can do from your cell phone, but there's a lot of data mining going on as well. And do we give up that personal, that privacy, you know, that, that, for for convenience, and you you know, I'm not saying stop using your cell phone because there's no way I'm not, I'm going to stop using my cell phone. But what I am saying is we have to be aware of our surroundings. We have to be aware of what's going on, and we have to know when to rise up together. And I think now is the time to say we are not going to go along with these global plans. And and the first way that we could do this is make sure that Hillary Rodham Clinton. Thug, thief, liar, cheat, you name it, does not get elected to the highest office of the land, actually of the world. So once she, if she becomes president, if she, I fear every aspect of our future, every aspect. But I have I a feeling. Yeah, and, and you know, I don't know the outcome. I don't know the outcome, but you can rest assured that between now and what is it, November 8th that we're voting this year? Yep. Whatever the date is, that there is going to be a lot of dirty things that come out on both sides. And after this election, if Hillary Clinton is president, we are moving fast towards a scientific dictatorship, technocracy, Agenda 21, sustainable development, if, and... Um, and if Trump wins, I can promise you that more and more people are not going to run for office because how far will these creeps go back? All of us have our own little skeletons in our own little closets that we're embarrassed about or that we, you know, shouldn't have done. And how far back are these people going to go 
to ruin our lives, especially when they have all this data on us. So no matter what way you look at it, in a world of freedom and liberty that the United States was to be, we were to be that country that represented individualism and exceptionalism and all lives matter and um, everyone's equal. And if you, you know, that you could be an American, you can do anything you want with a moral compass, which is the liberty aspect of our country. You know, it's freedom plus moral morality. So you can do whatever you want with a moral compass, but now we're looking at an America where you can't drive this, you can't live there, you can't have a single family home because it's unsustainable. You must live in a high density mega region like the One Bay Area or the Plan 2040 or Thrive 2055 if you're back east. You must live in a high-density, multi-mixed-use space. You must bike, walk, or take public transportation everywhere you go. You must reduce your carbon footprint. You must con reduce your, um, your food consumption and your buying consumption. You must move away from eating cattle and livestock and beef meat protein towards beetle protein, beetle flour. This is no joke. Um, so we're living where we, you know, where our grandparents grew up in American, we are now facing being Americans. And it's just, it's, it's devastating and sad to say the very least that we did this. I believe we did this to ourselves. Absolutely. And, um, if we could, uh, go on another path here, when you, uh, you were talking in the last segment about the, uh, encroachment of the federal government into the farming and ranching communities. I wanted to ask you about the, you know, uh, the uh, projects of UNESCO and eminent domain, and how these uh, two different powers and uh, one one the UN power and the tactic of eminent domain are being used uh, against people to uh, gather up private property for federal use, and is that federal use? Uh, that is that they're using the land for actually the stated purpose. Are they using it as they are stating uh, the reasons that they're you know mostly for ref, uh, uh, to save you know they say they're going to save landmarks and uh, forests and whatnot in order to uh -huh. uh, continue to maintain healthy environment. Um, how is how are they using the uh, UNESCO World Heritage sites and eminent domain to further this agenda? Well, sure, they're using different different tactics whether it's the Endangered Species Act or the Clean Water or the Clean Air Act, to limit um, what one can and cannot do on their own property. If you look up, I, 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 like I mentioned, I go to uh, quite a different kinds of, and, um, of, of conferences, whether it's United Nations or the Western Governors Association or U.S. Fish and Wildlife Service to protest or, or make public comment against introducing Canadian and Mexican gray wolves into the United States. Now we're having an introduction of grizzly bears. So, uh, you can look up the Y2Y, which is Yellowstone to Yukon. Um, uh, it's a wildlife corridor. It used to be Yucatan to Yukon, which would be Mexico all the way up to Canada as a wildlife corridor, one of the, which protected, right? So limited to no human use because it's reserved, conserved 
for uh, just these wildlife, these predators that they're introducing. Now, some of you might say introducing. Yeah, if you look at some of the wolves, if you look at some of the grizzly bears, if you look at some of the elk or the deer, they're tagged, they're collared, especially the wolves. Why? Because we're introducing them, and the government, the federal government, needs to measure them, watch them grow, see if they're surviving, and also to make sure that they're not being killed. So if you can imagine, you know, a wolf shows up on your property, starts killing your cows, your livestock, your horses, your whatever, in California now, because they're protected, because we need to protect landscapes, not people, but landscapes. So this is one of the tactics they're using to take land or to control land more, uh, I, I would say, more accurately. So if you shoot that wolf in California, it comes down from Oregon or it comes up from Mexico, and you get caught because, you know, it's collared and it dies on your land, you can get a $100,000 fine and something like 10 years in jail. It's unreal what's happening. So now all of a sudden the wolf has more private property rights than you do. They can murder, they can steal from your land, and they can cause you to manage your land differently. For example, now, if our cows die, we can't go put, you know, put our cow somewhere, our dead cow, that's old and she just got old and she died. We can't take her out to the outskirts of our property to feed, you know, uh, rodents and whatever else like we used to, ranchers and farmers used to, because we believe in wildlife too. Now you have to bury that animal in California because if you don't, it may attract wolves and and then you've got a landscape problem. You've got the, you know, now the federal government coming on your land and saying, wait a minute, this wolf, it, it's, it's, natural migra- it's natural migration was through your property, so now we need to protect your property because the wolf is endangered and threatened. This is the tactics that they're using. It's unreal. Another thing that they use is what's called monumentalization, and Obama has been doing a lot of monumentalization. In fact, I think it was in 2014 in his State of the Union, don't quote me on that, but I'm pretty sure that was the year, he had expressed that um, over the past six years is what he said, we've done more than ever to combat climate change from the way we produce energy to the way we use it. That's why we've set aside more public lands and waters than any administration in history. So under climate change, right, that's another tactic that they're using to um, to take the land out of the use of the private sector, the individual, and hand it over either to the federal government, the EPA, the um, U.S. Forest Service, whatever, the, the Bureau of Land Management. I'm sorry I'm talking so fast. This stuff makes me so mad. Or UNESCO. So under the Heritage Program, they can take, like, the Alamo. Why the Alamo in Texas? Well, it's a cultural site. And the United Nations is all about preserving cultures. What kind of cultures? Mostly Native American cultures, um, indigenous cultures, but not, not as much white European cultures. Because it's actually the white Europeans who have caused you know, um, are responsible for development, are responsible for, you know, taking us into the 21st century where we build things and we have single-family homes and we build businesses and we use resources from the earth. So they use a variety of ways to 
um, um, restrict us. It, it could be an endangered species. It could be. There's a story about a farmer in Wyoming. I had the pleasure of meeting him at another conference that I was invited to speak at. And Andy Johnson's a young guy. He and his wife have uh, four young girls, and they built a stock pond. They would describe their home in the middle of Wyoming as in the middle of nowhere. I think the population was like 300 people in their hometown. And so he um, he's, he would describe himself as a nobody and a farmer and a rancher, kind of like I would describe myself as. And so he got all the proper permits from the state of Wyoming to put in a stock pond. It wasn't huge, but it was, you know, big enough that he could have a, um, a dock and they could fish in it. And the stock pond was um, a little creek ran through their property. And then the little creek now would go into his stock pond and then it would go out the other end and into another canal and then eventually into a dam, I think a a lake, a reservoir, man-made reservoir. And so they did water quality studies and they showed that the water coming into his stock pond was clean, was dirtier than the water going out. So the water quality actually benefited by him putting in the stock pond. Well, all of a sudden they get a knock on the door. This is a very recent story. This was going on in 2014. They get a knock on the door and it's the EPA. And the EPA, and they're a nice little, you know, country Christian family, and they invite them in, and that's number one no-no. Because once you invite these agencies in, they start looking around, and they start looking for more, you know, for violations of every which kind you can ever imagine. So they're data collecting. They're data mining. And so anyway, what eventually happened was they get a letter saying that you are in violation of the Clean Water Act, so the EPA sent them a letter, you are in violation of the Clean Water Act, and you will be charged, I think it was something like $16,000 per day. The bill got up, or no, it was $32,000 a day, and eventually the bill got up to something like $16 million. You are, we're, you're going to be charged $32,000 a day until you return the pond, the land, back to the way you found it. And he's like, wait a minute, we had all the permits. So anyway, they finally let Pacific Legal Foundation picked up this, um, picked up his case and they ended up winning. But could you imagine for, I think it was, uh, three, two or three years every day going, we didn't do anything wrong. We, this is our own land, our own private property. We are, we are making the water quality better. We're providing our own water for our own livestock so we can, you know, take care of ourselves. But you're hearing more and more stories like that or somebody collecting rainwater, and now all of a sudden they're faced with with some kind of charge. Or in where my parents are, there's a fifth-generation family, ranching family, who was responsible for a diversion. In other words, we divert water. We've done that in California ever since California, you know, put itself on the map. Our ability to divert water in a state that is arid, that is desert, has created a state that that is a, a bread the breadbasket of the United States of America. We provide all sorts of food from nuts to fruits to meat and wheat and everything in between to the to the entire United States and then even beyond. The only way we're able to do that is is to divert water, man-made canals, 
Well, there's a diversion, um, and as a rancher, you have we, what we use, what most ranchers do is what you call flood irrigation. So you have diversion. I've got to stop you right here. Wow. I mean, and this is an important point. We're, we're just uh, we're approaching the break here. I, I, I don't want to um, uh, cut you off but because this is so important for people to understand what you're saying right here. So we're going to pick this up after uh, here after this break. Uh, wow, the information you are providing to us, to our listeners, is so critical, so crucial. Deconstructing Agenda 21, this, well, you know, I'll just say this very quickly. Uh, the Daily Beast, uh, I think it was back uh, two or three years ago, talked about Agenda 21, the, the UN conspiracy that just won't die. Folks, it, it, it won't die because it's true, and the expert on agenda 2030 agenda 21 this un uh this un uh, well this un agenda is with us tonight stay right where you are folks we're right back Boy, what a great program this is with our very special guest, Debbie, um, Debbie Bacigalupi. And if you go to our Facebook page, Hagman Report Facebook page, we just put up a link there to Debbie's Facebook page. Now, you can tell you're still not comfortable saying that name. Uh, you know, I, I you say it like a uh, question I, on the... Well, you know what? It's... it's um, yeah, you know, I, I, I just I don't want to screw it up, and it, it's kind of a mind thing, you know. It's 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 me. I'm sorry. Um, it's not that hard, Doug. It really. And tomorrow, uh, Eric said that we're going to work on our, my numbers tomorrow instead of the alphabet. So th- that's why you know we don't get paid the big bucks for what we do because boy, so many people could do what we do a lot better than we do. Or speaking for myself. Uh, but anyway, now you know why Debbie um, Bacigalupi is so much in demand uh, to speak at conferences. And if you look at her latest Facebook posting, you'll see she received a standing ovation, as our vast studio audience is doing right now, including Lady the Studio Dog uh, giving her a, a, a four-paw ovation. Uh, that's right. That's right. And I love the photograph. I love the photos on on her Facebook page, um, uh, because of the the uh, you know riding a horse as well as uh, a couple of dogs in there. Uh, and, and Debbie, in case you're in case you're wondering, we we love dogs, um, and we have a studio dog lady who uh, she follows us into the studio. She she mans the studio, and she keeps us up. You know, she keeps us. Uh, uh, running, she's just a, a doll. So I see you have a couple of dogs in your photographs, but uh, again, I, I get... do, and they're they're listening right now. <laughs> oh, see, I, I, I love that. Um, you know, it, it's uh, but you're a marvelous speaker, very articulate, and as I've seen just from the video clips of of the brief video clips um, 
folks, I mean, if you are having a conference, and as well, everyone should, I believe, pass, get the word out about this nefarious agenda. And it's interesting because I referenced that Daily Beast article uh, from 2014, I think it was, or 2013, downplaying, where they downplayed this uh, Agenda 21, saying, oh, this is just uh, being hyped up too much. Yet, uh, no, no, it's not. I mean, ultimately, the globalists want, want us to be living in containers on top of one another, um, while they, of course, live in their mansions, they want us to be driving bicycles or riding bicycles or walking uh, or even riding burros, perhaps. I don't know. While, while they're, you know, being driven around in Bentleys and, and flying around in their jets. And they want to change the way we live. And, but, so this is the ultimate, um, in my view, the Trojan horse of the globalist agenda. And this is getting to the root of this, um, uh, well, this is getting to the root of, of, of what their, uh, the diabolical plans are. And so, so we're so fortunate to have, uh, Debbie with us. And of course, if you go to the Hagman Report Facebook page, there you can, uh, uh certainly follow and, and, and support uh, Debbie on her Facebook page as well. And, and she's, of course, the senior editor at um, uh, technocracy.news website with Patrick Wood. who's a tr- We've had him on our program, and he's a tremendous man as well. Now, before the break, you were talking about uh, water diversion, and this is no small issue. So go ahead and continue with that, uh, Debbie. Yeah, well, the thing about California is, you know, you hear about this drought that we're in, and it's it's unprecedented, and it's historical. That is a flat-out lie. But what does it do? It, it, it creates the urgency that we have to do something, that we've got to add regulation. In fact, last year, Jerry Brown, and even earlier this year, who's my governor, flush it down, Jerry Brown is kind of the joke. But last year and earlier this year, they came up with a slogan for those of us in California, which is brown is the new green. So in other words, brown lawns are good. Green lawns mean you're wasteful, you're unsustainable. You're. But you know what? The way that California got itself on its map is by becoming the breadbasket of the nation. And then after that, if you think about it, we became the agriculture land and Hollywood came and biotechs came and high techs came all because we could divert water and grow food. So as a farmer, as a rancher, you usually have diversions, you usually have canals on your property. Well, one of the ranchers in Siskiyou County um, has is responsible for a diversion, which the fish and game had built what we call a weir, a fish weir, to keep fish out of the diversion so they don't get caught when the diversions are, you know, don't have water in, it, in them anymore. So the fish and game built a faulty diversion. Somehow five little fish in an area in a field that is covered with birds were found dead. Why they weren't eaten, I don't know. But somebody trespassed, put, took video of these five little fingerlings, put it on the Internet, and then all of a sudden this fifth-generation ranching family had uh, NOAA and NIMS, National Marine Fisheries Services, on their property, at their door, reading them their Miranda rights, 
saying we treat these dead fish as if it were a murder. This is no Good joke. Night. Uh, and they uh, were going to be charged thirty two I think it was thirty two thousand or fifteen thousand, don't quote me on those numbers, per fish. And if they didn't pay it, they were going to court. And so anyway, they ended up settling out of court, which in this new system, you are guilty until proven innocent. And if you settle, you admit your guilt, but the charges go away. Elevating elevating fish over, over unborn children. Yeah, what could possibly go wrong with that value system? All right, go ahead. This sounds absolutely crazy, doesn't it? But it's actually, if you get in and and start, you know, I I put a couple of these stories up on your Facebook, the Andy Johnson story against the EPA. So when they say that Agenda 21 and this is all voluntary and, you know, that you all are conspiracy theorists, I have articles written about me calling me a bigot and um, by the AC, what is it, the ACLU? And, and the um, Southern Poverty Law Center, that's who likes to write a couple articles about me. By the way, oh, they're yeah. linked to the United Nations. Sure. And at first they hurt. At first they hurt really bad because if they knew who I was, they would not be saying what they're saying. But they're on an agenda to create a global governance system. And yeah. so if on, on the EPA, with the EPA, for example, which is an unelected, self-appointed agency, I have a report right in my hand right now called State and Local Climate Change Program, Mapping a Cleaner Future, September 1998. And why do I bring this up? Because ICLE, the International Council on Local Environmental Initiatives, in other words, Agenda 21 and the United Nations, your, your, your listeners know about this, has been partnering with the EPA for years now. For years. So if they're going to say, they want to say that we have nothing to do with the the United Nations. Guys, it's a complete lie. The United Nations is locally, through a local Agenda 21, in our cities. I live in the One Bay Area plan. It is, and what they, and, and in the San Francisco One Bay Area plan, the idea behind this is to create a mega region where the cities and counties, the borders disappear. Why? Because we need to start sharing resources, like our police, like our fire, like helicopters, yep. transportation. Oh, yes. mm. And so, See. and who was a part of that? ICLE, the International Council on Local Envir- Environmental Initiatives, the United Nations. And even in their documents, United, even in ICLE's Form 990s, their tax form, they even show, like in the city of Berkeley, they show that they were a part of Local Agenda 21 and sustainable development. So we have all the proof. We have all the proof. It's the communication that we are lacking. It's the communication ability that that um, we as a society, you know, the, the media has been taken over. And I just want to quote Daniel Webster real quick. He is one of sure. my favorite founding, founding fathers, and he said, If all my possessions were taken from me, with one exception, I would choose to keep the power of communication, for by it I would soon regain all the rest. So it's through communication that we must operate. 
and get out there and share our stories, get people involved, talk about Andy Johnson and how crazy that story is, read up on him so that, you know, because we share through stories. And if you can or, or have, buy Patrick Wood's Technocracy Rising book so you can understand what's going on at a whole different level. But it's yes. via communication that we are going to get our freedom and liberty back. And, and that, that's why, and folks, that's why we have uh, such stellar guests as Debbie Bacigalupi with us right now because it is so important for every one of us. And our audience, Debbie, I, I believe truthfully, is the most intelligent, intelligent audience of all of talk radio. And I, I don't say that lightly because the emails I receive, the, that we receive, the letters that we receive, um, the submissions of, of information that we get show such an incredible enlightened group of people. Now, having said that, and the, and the reason I say that to, to you as a guest is of all of the people that I put, you know, in, in which I put my faith, the people you're speaking to right now, I believe can make a difference. How do we do that? You said spread the word. Certainly, by you appearing here, we are doing that. And, and folks, um, Debbie is, uh, I'm sure, available for, for speaking engagements. Um, I, I think uh, she's just right below Hillary in terms of fees, uh, although she's uh, she's okay with... Uh, <laughs> she's not. She's not too demanding with the pillows and and the um and the uh, the, the water on stage. But uh, anyway, um, but how can we do this? How can we best fight these these dem- this demonic element that's that's facing mm-hmm. us? You know, and and how can we help you fight this? And how can we fight this? Because we gotta fight. Got, it. Yeah, and that you know, everywhere I speak. I, and I would, I think Patrick would say the same. People are saying, well, what do we do? What do we do? Here's the thing. There, what don't you do? There's so much to do. I have, I have three things that I say. Educate, communicate, but do not hibernate. I'll be flying on an airplane and, you know, I'll be flying going somewhere to a conference or whatever. And I bring certain books. I'll bring my global biodiversity assessment report. It's 1,100. It's 1,140 pages long. It's big. It's the United Nations Environment Program Bible when it comes to what is and is not sustainable. And I'll open it up to a chapter that I've read before, but I need to reread to keep myself abreast of what they're up to. And and when I go back, sometimes I find more more things, newer things. But I'll hum and I'll haw at this big darn document to the point where the person next to me says, okay, what is it that you're reading? And it strikes up a conversation, right? Have you ever heard of this? I'll be standing in a grocery store line. And when the, when the clerk, the grocery clerk says, do you want to purchase a bag? And I'll say, wait, you mean me purchase a, a government bag? Uh, so I don't, you know, it's so, oh, so I'm going to buy a plastic bag to put my plastic toothbrush that comes in a plastic wrapper that, um, you know, that my toothbrush, toothpaste comes in a plastic container. So I'm going to buy all this, pla- I'm going to buy plastic to put all my plastic in. But mm-hmm. anything just to get people start, you know, starting to think. Something I say often is you cannot, and this makes people angry. You cannot be a vegan or a vegetarian in modern-day society. It is absolutely impossible. I get so many arguments with that. And here's how I can say that undoubtedly. All the livestock byproducts. 
that come just from a cow. We're not talking pig. We're not talking any other animal, just the cow. 99% of the cow is used for something. Once you put on your, your vegan tennis shoes and go outside and you either hop on your bike or you start walking on pavement, you are using livestock byproducts, asphalt livestock byproduct. The glue that keeps your tire together and keeps it in its form is livestock byproduct. Those vegan shoes that were shipped to you somehow got to you by livestock byproduct. So you can, you know, demonize the cow, say that it's, you know, causing all this global warming climate change. By the way, uh, termite ants, army ants in, in South Africa, just the army ants in South Africa emit more methane than all the uh, cows combined in the world. And it's something called the um, biomass of a small um, insect. So in order for an ant or an arm, yeah, a termite to survive, they have to be, you know, millions and millions and millions of termites must exist. So anyway, it's called biomass, and it's pretty interesting, um, or biogenetics. I can't remember. Don't quote me on that. But anyway, <laughs> okay. Christopher Lord Monton just described it to us, and it just it, so, so in order for them to survive, they have to have a huge population, especially because their lifetime is very short. So the biomass that an army ant uh, takes up is way more than the methane that cows, you know, that cows emit. So anyway, so I love to get in little um, um, back and forth with people. I was in a bar the other night celebrating the San Francisco Giants. It was actually a bar grill, so I don't want to, like, just say it was a bar. It was a grill, and we were eating <laughs> okay. dinner there. And there was a guy sitting next to me, and we he brought up Trump because he's clearly for Hillary, and we just started going toe-to-toe on different things. And what I learn and what I'm learning from all these conversations is to take a deep breath, to back off, go back to my facts, and then just drop them like little bombs on the person I'm talking to and not get into these long, like, how I am with you guys today. I'm sorry. Well, well no, we, you, you know what? No, no, you, you see, that that works because the, the attention span of the average American or the average person in the West is so short. You've got to, you've got to talk, uh, you know, almost like a staccato, like I do. Um, but, but you, you just sound bites almost. You've got to just, yeah. just hit them hard because they don't have the attention span to carry on a conversation anymore. Um, you know, they stop at 141 uh, characters, apparently. But anyway, yeah, you're right. Uh, good, good tactic. Yeah, and education is key to all of this. So, so whatever you do, you know, my passion happens to be uh, the truth about Agenda 21 and these global plans. But a listener, their their main thing might be vaccines or um, um, uh, Common Core, right? So stick to something that you really, really are passionate about and just become an expert on that. It takes, what, like 10,000 hours to become an expert on something. But, hey, you know what? Read some documents, watch some videos, and you can pick up some key points. And just stick to those key points until you know the subject matter. And um, so I don't talk much about Common Core. I've done some research. I don't talk much about vaccinations. 
because my thing is this bigger thing called technocracy and and Agenda 21, and I stick to that. I stick to that because I know it, and it's taken a while, but um, but it works. And I'm I I know I'm getting I'm making breakthroughs with people like I did the other night, which was a real. It was just it was like I won and. Like I want, it was like that feeling of winning, even though I didn't win. I'm not looking at it like that. But the things that I said to him, like he brought up Noah and he brought up all these scientists who, you know, say that global warming, all it's consensus. And I said to him, okay, so let me ask you this. All the people in this restaurant right now, if all these people, 98% of the people in this restaurant said, you are a bad person, or I don't remember what example I used, but you, you know, you can't have children. I can't remember what I said. But um, does that mean, are they, are we right? And he was like, well, no, of course not, you know. But I said, <laughs> so there. So when you take from, you know, with these all these scientists, they didn't get capture all of the scientists when they say global, global warming, climate change. They selected a few, and out of those few, then they can say, yeah, 97% of scientists agree. So it depends sure. on what, you know, from what population are you doing the survey. So I know that was a breakthrough, and he was like, oh, okay. So anyway. Who, who, I'm going to kind of ask a few questions. It's going to seem kind of disjointed here. Um, we're getting so many emails in from people just asking numerous questions uh, about the subject, about you, and about about um, Agenda 21. One of the questions is, uh, is this, and, and this seems to be a common one among many emailers, uh, who are the biggest uh, perpetrators, criminals behind this, uh, first of all, in America and then throughout the West? I mean, are we, are we looking at Bill Gates? Are we looking at uh, Ted Turner? Are we looking at Bill and Hillary Clinton or all the above? Or, uh, I mean, who's the most dangerous? If you were, if you were going to have a wanted list, um, who's behind this agenda, this, this objective, this globalist, uh, rot, who, who would, you know, who would you have on that list? Well, all the, definitely all the ones that you just named, including the Rockefellers, the Carnegies, the Rothschilds. Um, I think you said George Soros. I know right. you said Al Gore. I put Leonardo DiCaprio. I put, um, of course, Obama, the Clintons. I put the Bushes, um, the Bush family in there. Uh, um, I would put, you know what, at this point, and this is going to be like, I would put every person in Washington, D.C. on that list, and here's why. Mm. They know what's going on. They have all heard about United Nations Agenda 21 and sustainable development, and all of them fear, the majority of them fear talking about it. Why? Why, indeed. I mean, is it, okay, as an investigator myself, all right, I, that to me is disconcerting. And, and, and okay, now I want to know why they fear. Mm-hmm. Why? Okay. Look is at it, Joni uh, Ernst. Look at Joni Ernst, for example. She was voted. I don't. Is she from Ohio? I can't remember Iowa. I can't remember where. She's like a pig farmer. She won because the Tea Party voted her in, and she spoke often and freely about Agenda 21. 
She, when was it, last year, after the State of the Union, or was it this year? I think it was this year. It was either this year or last year. She had a chance to talk about radical environmentalism as a farmer, as somebody from the ag industry. And what did she talk about? She talked about putting bread bags on her feet because of the rain to walk to school. Nowhere in her response to Obama's State of the Union on climate change and how we must preserve, did she come back saying, you know, anything about this radical environmentalism that is ruining rural America and our ability in cities to get local, sustainable, if you will, nutrient-dense, rich food. We are moving towards a, a time where Monsanto and the USDA and the FDA are going to regulate and say what we can and cannot eat based on sustainability. And where was she? What happened to her? Something on the way to Washington. Something When they get to Washington, they change. What happens to you? And, you know, I know Patrick, I remember Patrick talking about this, you know, back in August when he was on your show. Yes. Yes. So we and 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 here's here's what I'm getting out of this election. They can go as far back as they want, obviously, to data mine and bring up data on on us. But we've got to be brave and say, I don't care what you dig up about my past. My past has nothing to do with the person I am today. I made mistakes. Yep, and I apologize. It was 10 years ago, it was five years ago, whatever it was. But to me, who I am today is for freedom and liberty, and that's why I'm here. You bring up whatever you want, but that has nothing to do with who I am right now and what I represent for the future. We can't let them bully us into losing our freedom, our liberty, and our individualism. We cannot. Or you might as well just go home and hibernate. That's right. And, and I like your your uh, statement. Uh, educate, uh, uh, communicate, but communicate, not hibernate. But do right. not hibernate. Yeah. There you go. Yeah. Um, I can't even read my own handwriting there. Educate, communicate, but do not hibernate. Indeed. Uh, Hollywood, uh, DiCaprio. What the heck does he have to offer in in this? I mean, he's just a what this this uh, uh, stick figure, you know, uh, mind numb robot. I mean. We, we, why should he even have an opinion on this, or, or why should his opinion matter? How did the, the people like DiCaprio get involved in this? Hollywood people, what's in it for them? I don't know, but it's it's. Um, I think that maybe because we live in a society where, you know, the Kardashians rule and um, Hollywood. You know, people look up to, for whatever reason, Hollywood. We idolize their lifestyle. We idolize their looks. Um, and therefore, when they speak, it's, it's golden. Yeah. And where we, what, and where I wish we were as a society was a society that cared about truth and research and finding out for themselves. Um, if you look at Leonardo DiCaprio and his carbon footprint, it's enormous. It's huge. He probably, has a bigger carbon footprint in one day than you and I have in in five months. You know, I'm making Sasquatch that up. Was here. Yeah, no, I, yeah. I hear you. Yeah, and yeah. here he was. Here he was appointed or selected as the ambassador to the seas, the United Nations ambassador to the seas, or something like that, to the oceans, seas. 
And shortly after that, he rented a $5 million yacht to cruise on down to Brazil to watch a soccer game. It's extraordinary, the double standard, the do as I say, not as I do, live above the law, Hillary Clinton. Yeah, the hypocrisy. Uh, Debbie, we're coming up against our our last break. Uh, Hold that thought. We will hit on this right when we come back, folks. You're listening to the Hagman and Hagman Report. We're talking Agenda 2030 um, with with Debbie Bachelet. I don't have in front of me, but see, see now no, no, we got you, up. Debbie Bocciagalupi. Debbie kissed the wolf. <laughs> <laughs> That's right. The, the, oh. Stay Folks, with us. Yeah, we'll be right back. back after this. For our final segment, what a great uh, episode this has been, folks. My goodness, uh, so appreciative to Debbie Bocciagalupi. See, I didn't, it, I, it was in my head before, okay? You know how people can get in your head and things, well, now I, I'm okay now. I, and as a matter of fact, I'm looking at the, the uh, her picture on Facebook. Folks, go to Hagman Report uh, Facebook page, and and there from there, grab a hold of her, um, uh, uh, click on her Facebook account, and uh, friend her because the information that you're going to get through her herself. I mean, my goodness, is incredible. It, it, it's the wealth of information, and see, knowledge is power. But to use knowledge to go out there and to use it um, as as Debbie did in the uh, in the uh, 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 restaurant setting uh, is the way to do it. Uh, although the police report I've got in front of me says tells a completely different tale about that incident, but we won't get into that. I, I'm I'm kidding, folks. I'm kidding. Course, I'm kidding. Yeah, he he got pretty mad at me. I can tell you that he at one point yelled and said, you're high, and then he went off, and then he came back and patted me on the back and said, I'm sorry. So it's, <laughs> it's, it's, really, it's really a fun personal growth exercise. You, and, you know, you know it, it, it is, right? I mean, it, it's, it's, but you've got to engage. You've got to talk. You've got to, as you say, communicate. I mean, yeah. Because if you, you know, and so many people are in their own little worlds. I get so sick and tired of, of when I'm, there are a few things. I, there are a few things that really frustrate me or really aggravate me, uh, Debbie. I mean, and folks, you know, you know this. If I'm walking behind somebody with the with those stupid headphone ear things in their ears, I want to yank them out. Um, or if I'm walking behind somebody whose pants are around their ankles, I want to pull them up. Well, I'm going to do worse than that. But uh, you know, I repent. I repent for for my thoughts. Um, but yes, you know, get out of our shells and educate and tell people, look, this is important because, re- and, and you folks, you you might believe, oh, it's too late. You know, folks, the world is not going to end tomorrow. Perhaps life as we know it, the, the, uh, oh, the, the ability to, to just go to the store maybe and, and, to, and to buy things for supper that evening. It, it, you know, we, we may have issues with that coming up, but it, but we're in this for the long term, and we have to occupy. That's what we're instructed to do. And part of this is thinking long term, preparing for short term emergencies, but also thinking long term. Debbie, before we get back to you, I just want to mention this. Speaking about preparing for emergencies, go to AmericanSurvivalWholesale.com. 
That's americansurvivalwholesale.com. You're going to want to take advantage of some of their specials, their Thrive brand food specials. That's americansurvivalwholesale.com. It's a Christian-owned, veteran-owned company. It's a member of our Founders Club, basically, in sponsorship here at the Hagman Report program. They've got tremendous deals on long-term storable food. You want to stock up your pantry because we could be facing supply uh, disruptions. Look at what's taking place in Venezuela right now. Yeah, a, a person with a mango tree is sustaining themselves off of the mangoes, but now that very same person is afraid for their life, uh, the, the family uh, lives of their family, because that 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 tree. Others are starving and want that uh, the fruit off that tree. The reason I mention that is you can avoid that by being prepared and prepare via americansurvivalwholesale.com. Again, Christian-owned, veteran-owned company, americansurvivalwholesale.com for all your long-term survival food needs. Debbie, getting back to you, uh, and thank you for your patience. When As we struggle with your last name, it's a mental thing because we were – we were fine with it all day. It, but your name, the, your last name means kisses of the wolves. Is that what you said? What did you yeah, say? kiss of the wolves. So it's, uh, it's, uh. it's Bachi and Lupi, like wolves, like Lupo the wolf. And a lot of people hopefully have heard of Bachi kisses. So yes, mm-hmm. we, it's an Italian name. I, it's, it's my father's name and, um, and, you know, all now that they are, they being these radical groups, including our government, are on this atrocious, evil plan to release wolves from Canada and wolves from Mexico into the United States and into our rural landscapes. We say now these days as cattle ranchers, be careful what you wish for with a name like Bacigalupi. So, uh, anyway, hey, I want to um, say thank you to all the friend requests from your show and for people like Nancy and Karen and Jan and Deborah and Sylvia and Tim and Cindy and Chuck and Barbara and all these friend requests coming through. Thank you, and I'm adding you as I look at your website, as your at your Facebook page. I yeah. am very careful about, and I'm sure that I've got some um, uh, people who probably shouldn't. I know I do. I have, you know, in Count my previous Count. before studying all this stuff, I have a lot of very, very, very being in the Bay Area liberal friends who I get in, have gotten into arguments on Facebook over the years. I try and not get into arguments as much on Facebook because they actually go nowhere. And right. you may see, the people I'm adding, you may see that I do a lot of posts about the company I work for, and it's Rodan and Fields. Yeah, and I'm, I'm going to talk see, to you about this. Uh, yeah, I, it's so I, exciting. I'm so, I'm so glad because... Uh, this is another aspect, and Debbie, I didn't mean to, to cut you off here, talk no, over you. No, go, but go. Man, I'll, I'll, this is something that um, um, we get requests all, all the time. Uh, for, for, our, we, we've got a number of, of women who listen to our, our show who are looking to, to 
assistant income or you know what can i do to uh you know i'm, I'm trying to increase my income uh, and other re- things that are related to what your business is um that you're going that you're going to mention here and, and the 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 product itself so kind of as an extra added benefit to, to your knowledge i i want to ask you about about your specific enterprise and and uh because i think i think people i think i just found it really interesting and so well, you know, we are moving towards a time where mom and pops, we are already there. We're not moving towards the time. We are in and uh, living in a time when mom and pop shops are disappearing. Brick and mortar due to, you know, those smartphones that we were talking about earlier. Brick and mortar are going away and people are, you know, ordering online and and getting delivery at home and it's just that's the world we're living in these days but the worst thing that's happening and we're seeing happen is the shakeup in the economy whether you cannot rely on your stocks anymore you cannot rely on your job anymore um, because as sustainable development starts to take over and companies and retirement funds. By the way, if you have a retirement fund, you're on a public pension, you most likely have signed on to the United Nations. Go look up United Nations PRI, Principles for Responsible Investing, and look at the signatories. If you're in New York and you're on the New York retirement system, you guys, you signed on with the United Nations in sustainable development. If you are in California and you're, and you're with CalPERS or CalSTRS, sorry guys, CalPERS and CalSTRS, your union signed you on to the United Nations. So more and more we're seeing this global governance system take over our lives, reduce our consumption patterns, and really uh, wipe out uh, mom and pops. Look at Walgreens and you'll see they've got a green initiative. Look at um, um, Walmart who you know sells all this furniture now everything goes back to being green. So one of the things that I decided to do so that I can continue doing what I'm doing, which is educate people on this subject that I've done such deep research on, is I quit my jobs. I, I got my MBA. I got certified as a wine specialist, um, I was a corporate event planner for Google, and I was heading towards a big career. And I decided that I couldn't do it. I cannot work for another company knowing that this, all of this stuff is going on to destroy America. So, um, I ran for Congress and I spent my own money and on, on my campaign. And I got to a place where I was, you know, out of money. And a friend came along and said, after years of not seeing each other and she was happy and I'm going on to present and it's raining and I'm crying and it's raining outside and I'm miserable and she's happy as a lark and told me about this new business with the doctors who created Proactive. And so I met with her. I heard how much people are making. I can do this on my own time. We are the number one premium anti-aging skincare in the United States. We are going for the world. These doctors are amazing. And I had to say yes. And you guys, it is the best yes I've ever said. And I do not say that lightly as a researcher, investigator, someone who vets everything I do. So if you're interested, please ping me. I can tell you all about it. We do... Um, these virtual meetings every week. Um, there's an event going on in your area wherever you live right now with Rodion Fields. 
uh, it is an incredible opportunity uh, to uh, to be your own boss, spend a couple hours a week working on your own business, and the returns are absolutely, we are talking, insane. And, um, and I need a big return in order to uh, hold these big conferences, which is my ultimate why I'm doing this business. My ultimate goal is to throw the biggest, baddest conference on yeah. United Nations <laughs> Agenda 21, the 2030 Agenda, that where the top speakers in the entire world are coming together and we turn the tide on this massive takeover of our lives. And But it's going to take a pretty big paycheck in order to do that. But sure. anyway, yeah. and, and you know, the other neat thing is, and I think I told you um, or I told someone this earlier today, is that teachers who are teaching Common Core, because they have to, it's their only source of income. You don't have to be stuck or bound to a career that doesn't fit your moral compass. So you could do this on the side until you build up your business to enough to where you can quit. And um, we have a great, we have a one teacher, Heather Neonaris, out of the state of Ohio, who quit because she, for one year she was doing Rodan and Fields on the side. And she just earned a, a Lexus, and I can tell you that women like her are making six-figure monthly incomes. So, anyway, it's pretty cool. Thanks for asking. Well, you, you know, yeah, and I heard about it. The uh, and proactive is a is skin. I mean, it's a doctor created skincare. Yeah, um, these are the most famous doctors in the world, and they right. did proactive because we have a better. They sold that company. You know, these doctors are worth hundreds of millions of dollars, and this is their legacy company. And the reason that they started this company called Rodan and Fields is their last name is because in 2008, the economy started tanking and women were having to go back to work. So they right. pulled all their products from Nordstrom's and Bloomingdale's and they decided, you know what, what if we let women create their own business and sell from home? And so a teacher, a kindergarten teacher and, and her mom were the first consultants and they're worth, you know, they're worth a lot of money now because they stuck with it and it works. And so anyway, this was the doctor's way to give back. And if you look at the articles that are being written out there about the jobs and economy, everything is starting to tank. Housing, housing, you know, if you're going to sell your house, now is the time to sell because mm -hmm. we are heading into unchartered times, especially if Hillary Rodham Clinton gets elected oh. as president. Yeah, you know, all of this seems to be coming together and, and, uh, uh, it, it's, this is, this is really incredible in, in my view. Um, I just want to make sure people, people know. Also contact, uh, uh, Debbie for, uh, information about Rodham, uh, or Rodham, Rodan and Fields. I'm Rodan sorry. Rodan and Fields. Uh, yes. I got Rodham and on we're my just, brain you know, here. and I'm really stoked. I'm sorry to sound so stoked, but I just came back from our conference, Rodan and Fields conference. We have an annual. And we, oh my gosh, where this company is going, I'm not just saying this, where this company is going is off the charts. And I'll say this too, where 2030 agenda and UN Habitat 3, which we didn't even get into, and where technocracy is heading is unreal. So I decided I needed to add some really positive things in my life. And that was Rodan and Fields. It is the best thing I've done. I would never go back, and I could never go back to work for someone else. It's it, 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 freedom it, it, is fleeting. 
you you've got a uh you've got a masters in business administration you work for the biggest companies google uh you've you you've you've done you've done a lot in in your life and uh so that's a saying ran a lot for about Congress. this company yeah yeah right yep. yeah and, and, so, and the, yeah. all great experiences all great experiences but nothing creating a future that is limitless um right. time freedom financial freedom none of those were going to give me that none well, and this is a good way to underwrite, as you as you pointed out, underwrite the uh, uh, your efforts and, and and to offset your expenses. But um, uh, so so, folks, if you're interested as well, contact Debbie with respect to that initiative. Now we've got we've got about ten minutes left here of our program. It's gone so fast, so quickly. What is in? How how can we close this out? Um, what haven't we covered, perhaps, that you would like? to cover that we need to cover or I, I mean or, or is, there, is there do we miss anything I mean I, obviously we, we missed a whole lot we didn't cover a whole lot there, so. um, <laughs> well um, it's something that, that I, I hope that people start to sink their teeth into next week the 17th through the 20th is United Nations Habitat 3 and if you go to technocracy.news and you go to the search bar, you can look up um, Habitat, and you'll see some articles that we've written about Habitat 3. But I actually have the document, the United Nations document, right in front of me. It's, um, let's see, how many? I'm, I'm on page 15 right now. And out of just in their initial document, they have not written the final details of the document yet. That's why they're meeting in Quito next week, um, and they're bringing in heads of state, powerful elites, just like they did with the Paris Agreement that, you know, the Paris Conference that I went to and the Rio Earth Summit in 2012 that I went to. So there is no, there is no lack of experience when it comes to the carbon footprint to go to these uh, conferences. They are lavish. They are full of food, and they bring in subflooring and heating and lighting and cooling and props and trees and things to make it look like it's green. And those are all distractions to make people think, you know, who are attending these things, that they're doing Earth a service. But let me just read on page 14 that I have in front of me, and this is called, um, and it's, it's, uh, let's see, it's untitled, I think, because I've got, I downloaded it right onto my laptop. So anyway, it's called Habitat 3 New Urban Agenda, 10th of September 2016 is the PDF copy. You know what I'll do? I'll, I'll put the link on Hagman Hagman, okay? When I find it, this is on my laptop, so I don't know if I can easily find it off the Internet, but I will. But let me just say, read a couple things off this document. You can go to any of these pages. Uh, there's 20, 24. You can go to any one of these pages and start reading, and your eyes will pop out of your head if you understand, and I know your listeners do, Agenda 21, Sustainable Development, the 2030 Agenda, and for those who've read technocracy.news, this is all going to make sense. So um, point number 103, for example, of point number of, of total points on this beginning document, this is just an initial document of 175 points 
of what the um, Habitat 3 is all about, 103, I said, right? Okay, so here's what one of their goals is. We will integrate inclusive measures for urban safety and crime violence prevention, including terrorism and violent extremism conducive to terrorism, engaging relevant local communities and non-governmental actors where appropriate in developing urban strategies and initiatives, including taking into account slums and informal settlements, as well as vulnerability and cultural factors in the development of public security and crime and violence prevention policies, including by preventing and countering the stigmatism of specific groups as posing inherently greater security threats. Okay, what the heck was that, Debbie? In other words, just from that paragraph alone, I can tell you that that paragraph alone goes with, from UN Habitat 3, one of the goals of the 2030 agenda. This goal is um, eliminate all forms of violence against all women and girls in the public and private spheres, including trafficking and sexual and other types of exploitation. They go hand in hand. In other words, guys, how do you monitor, control, and surveil all forms of violence, all forms of terrorism? What about, what about people like you and me under the National Defense Authorization Act who are now considered or could be considered terrorists on our own land because we talk about Agenda 21 and we talk against our government that's out of control? So how do you how do you eliminate all forms of violence in the in the private sphere? Isn't yelling at someone considered a form of violence? Isn't it a form of when you call people names? So how are they going to do this? The only way they can do this is surveil us at all times. So this is is pretty scary to me. Man, I hope that, I made that, that is. Point. Uh, no, no. The, the document to which you're, you're uh, excerpting. Tell us again the name of that document. Yeah, let me um, let me let me go online right now. I'm working with three different laptops right now, so <laughs> I'm using one mouse and it's not doing anything because it's the mouse <laughs> to another computer. Uh, let's see, UN Habitat Three, and and you can go right to their their website uh, three. All right, let's see what pops up. But I will put it I will put it um on your website. Okay. Um, all right. On Sounds your Facebook good. page. Let me right. Okay, it, so it's popping up now. It's it, Okay, so here's another one. Same page, number 105. We will develop and implement housing policies at all levels. What? Huh. We will develop and implement housing policies at all levels. Okay. And we were told here uh, not too long ago about uh, local uh, people that have come to our local region and that have been put or elected into different um, city council and, and different boards and whatnot that push the Agenda 21 uh, objective to the point where they're trying to shape the minds of uh, the people around them uh, on, on different uh, political Agendas that that go along with Agenda 21, and it is the local, state, all the way up to the federal government. We see it happening. Yeah, but but wait a minute. What Debbie just Debbie, what you just said 
They're going to tell us where to live. Oh, yeah. Not just where you live, what you can live in. Well, okay. And uh, I, I suspect square footage were allowed per person. Right. 250 square feet. You know, what are you, they're now teaching college students what it's like to live in 250 square foot homes. Right. You, and, you go to HGTV. You go to HGTV, and what is one of the top shows? Something like Tiny Places or something like oh, that. Oh yeah, yeah. This is in vogue now. I mean, oh my goodness. Get with it, people. Yeah, this is the right. Meanwhile, you know, Gore and, and company—they live in the sprawling mansions. Not, not that. Not that there's any um, desire for a mansion, but, but this the, has the hypocrisy. Nothing, nothing to do with the environment. Not a thing. Because if they truly felt, they being Al Gore, Leonardo DiCaprio, Obama, uh, George Soros, if they, Christiana Figueres, if they truly felt that the environment was, was in harm, don't you think that they would lead the way in selling off and destroying their mansions and returning it back to the way it was found? Sure, absolutely. They yeah, have and, no and, interest in doing that. Or, or you know what, maybe we'll bike instead of... Could you imagine any of them getting out of one of their armored cars to walk down the street? No, their lives are way too important. Right. That's right. It's, it's kind of kind of like the same people about gun control. Get rid of all the guns, but uh, you know, except for me or, or my security detail, as if, or, or you know, the wall. Uh, hey, we don't need any walls, but yet they're they're living behind ten uh, uh, foot high walls to keep the uh, despicables or deplorables out, and that would be us. Yeah, the hypocrisy. It's it's never about what they say it's about. It's always about something totally different. And you're absolutely right on this. My yeah, goodness. well, and they fence in, you know, they fence in Washington and they fence the Pope, you know, he's fenced in. Sure. But they're saying, you know what, let down the borders. Let down yes. the borders. By the way, it has, it, it, they're, they're not going to put up a wall in the United States. That is not the agenda for the 21st century. The agenda is equity. It's diversity. It is bringing in immigrants to white colonized communities. You do not see this refugee movement going into South Africa or China or Japan or anywhere else. You only see it happening in European countries in the United States. Wow. It's, it's, and it's by design, of course, to to uh, rend the, the moral, cultural fabric of the Western Europeans. And, and my goodness, even talk about this. Uh, it's the white guilt. It's the Western European guilt um. It, well, we can get into this. You know what, uh, Debbie? We've reached the end of the program. How quickly time has gone, mm. and you've you've just given us such a wealth of information. Uh, you are truly an expert in your field, and I want to say thank you from the bottom of my heart. And I'm sure I'm speaking for our listeners as well that the information that you have given us, you've armed us with, and I certainly hope, Debbie, that that you'll uh, come back share, spend some more time with us and educate us and inform us some more and, and inspire us more as well at some future point. Would you do that? Would you be Would, open to that? Oh, I'd love to. I'd love to. Okay. And for all of your listeners, please put uh, June 23rd, 24th on your calendars. Bozeman, Montana, we're doing a big uh, conference called the Red Pill Expo with 
G. Edward Griffin, who wrote the book um, uh, Creature from Jekyll Island. Patrick Wood will be there. Lord Christopher Monckton and Dr. Mm-hmm. Willie Soon and all these climate change deniers will be there. Ty Bollinger, The Truth About Cancer. So it'll be what we think is the first of its kind uh, freedom conference. So look up That's Red beautiful. Hill Expo. Yep, and we're still, you know, we don't have the price or anything up there yet, but we're working, I'm working on that as the event planner for the event, but come on okay. and join us. It should be a hoot. It should be and, a great time. That That's in Bozeman, and of course, folks, I'll lead the charge mm-hmm. uh, in, in Bozeman the, to Steve Quayle's house, and we'll, we'll drop in for coffee. Um, oh, okay, because he was in <laughs> Steve, did you hear that? Don't call me. No, don't call me now and say no. Uh, but and then of course you you've got a conference in December, which happens to coincide with your birthday, right? Um, yeah, forty-seven, so, getting up there, uh, getting up there, getting up there. But uh, yep, and these conferences like are open to. Oh, thank you. These conferences. Hey, these products work. These conferences are open open to vendors too. The June one is. I don't know about the. Um, Freedom Force International Conference that's in Phoenix uh, for my birthday, but come celebrate my birthday with me. <laughs> Love to. Debbie, you've been so gracious and so kind. Uh, Debbie, thank you so much. That's Debbie Bacigalupi. Um, boy, I got that just rolled right off the tongue. Of course, visit uh, go to her Facebook page. It's uh, linked off of ours. And, of course, um, uh, technocracy.news, senior editor, all around great person, expert. Thank you so much. God bless you, my friend. And God we'll, bless we'll be you. talking soon. All right, Thanks. folks. That'll do us. That'll do it for us uh, tonight. What a great show. What a great person. What an enjoyable time uh, with all with all the bad news. I mean, it's but, but but my goodness, we can make a difference. We better make a difference. It's up to us to make the difference for us as well as our children. Hold on.